boy, you lot. You're listening to Garage Hammer. Episode 270. On tonight's episode, the Manlings are going to talk about the history of the mortal realms as they covered from the big book, not the book of grudges. Am I aging myself when I say the book of grudges? Maybe. But it's not that book. It's the big book with the history of all of the peoples of the mortal realms coming to you. So shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. Bringing you the age of myth, the age of chaos, and the age of Sigmar. I'm David Witek, and with me in the beginning of the show, as always, is Lindsay the Albino, Canadian hockey puck. Say hi, Lindsay. All right, so um, we recorded like 48 hours ago. And so we're back. So I'm going to try to keep the beginning of the show simple. I definitely want to still thank all of the people, all of our sponsors, like Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Six Squared Studios for all of your basing and MDF needs, as well as 3D printing, and Grognard Games, because there's always something happening at Grognards. And I also want to thank our Patreon patrons, those people who do so much to make this show and everything we do on it possible. And that includes our associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, and Big Jake, our executive producer, Colin Miller. And since we just did it the other day, nobody has signed up for Patreon in the last 48 hours. But thanks again to Tyler McDonald and Bethany Davis, who signed in. I uh, mentioned them on the other show. So uh, thank you all for that. And uh, thank you all, seriously, for being part of the almost 1% who make this show and make everything we do on it possible. Uh, also, don't forget that we do have voicemail. I haven't gotten any voicemails in the last 48 hours either, but if you wanted to call and leave a voicemail, call 1-757-GH-SHOW6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW6. You can call. You can leave a voicemail. You could possibly wind up on the show. So let's go ahead and... Um, get uh we're gonna get going into this in just a moment uh i'm gonna take my uh quick break so that we can just jump right and you know what should we take a break you know what we've got bu- 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 break, break for this it is and that you know what let's just jump into it let's 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 be crazy and let's just go. jump into it i've already got uh my good friend and uh helper out here co-host chris walker with me chris hello hey How's it going? Uh, fantastic. Thanks for coming on again. Yeah. And um let's uh let's jump into this. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. So what we're gonna be doing here is talking all about uh the history mm. of the Age of Sigmar. And so that's gonna be the first part. There's gonna be a, a couple of episode series we're gonna do here. Uh, covering the history of the Age of Sigmar, all of it from the core rulebook. So some core lore here. And, Perfect. yeah. And now, what you and I had uh, spoken before the show, and I had gotten a couple of emails from people saying, hey, you know, I haven't played Age of Sigmar. I, I stopped after 8th edition. I didn't like Age of Sigmar. Or I've never played Age, you know, Fantasy. I was in 40K, but... Age of Sigmar is looking pretty cool. Uh, can you guys maybe do a show where you talk about, you know, everything, like, you know, give us the background and the history and give us all that information that we need so that we can start picking armies and, and understanding it. And I think yeah. really to understand Age of Sigmar, and I think I think you agree with me here, Chris, um, mm-hmm. you know, this came on the heels of Warhammer Fantasy. 
Yep. Eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, And that was the, that came in in what was called the End Times. Yep. And now, th- now, Age of Sigmar is new and has new lore, but it really does completely. It literally branches off of, yeah, Warhammer Fantasy. It, it's it's definitely it's a it's a it's a spinoff, if you will. I mean, <laughs> I like the, I like how sort of the beginning of AO Age of Sigmar begins with Sigmar clinging to the core of the old world. Yep, and I think that I think that. Is meant to be somewhat symbolic. I mean, they've they've literally the core of the old world is still in this game if you look hard enough. So I, I think that was a, a sort of a deliberate thing they did. <laughs> sure, and <laughs> you don't need to look too hard. There's a no. lot of characters, you know. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Now, for anyone who who doesn't know anything about Warhammer Fantasy, um, the world that was, which is what they call it, or Warhammer World, yeah. Um, you know, was it now? If you look at the old map of Warhammer, the old Warhammer world, it basically almost looks like I'm. And, and yeah. please don't email me and be like, uh, "Actually, you got this wrong." But it looks sort of it's it's a Middle Earth esque map. I mean, it looks it's sort of it's, like a map of Europe. Yeah, it's 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 based on our world. You know. Yeah. Basically, I mean, you mean, and yeah. it's got that it's got those typical tropes where, you sure. know, most of the most of the human uh, most of the races are in this thing that sort of looks like Europe. Off on mm-hmm. the left side of the map goes off to the ocean. Now it does go into places where the dark elves and the seraphon, who are used to be called uh, lizard men. Yep. So that was the like, the new world. It's actually they actually call it that. You know, Nagaroth and Lustria and all that stuff. Right. Lustria is almost a bit of a South America. You know exactly. that type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. If you went off the right side of the board into the far east, you had lands that were mentioned but never. Yeah, they had Cathay over there. They had Nippon over there, mm-hmm. and they never, they never really branched out over there. There's a couple of things. There were some hobgoblins, yeah. like mounted on wolves that came from over there. You know, there was a uh, a Dogs of War unit that was from there. It was a Gobla Khan's Wolf Riders. Right, I think right. That was the name of it. And uh, they were a sort of a yeah they were hobgoblins riding wolves and they were from the the eastern yeah the eastern steppes is what they were from, which is also kind of where the ogres I think they said they sort of came from that area as well. Right. So you have this world and basically, uh, and uh, one of the basically kind of what you need to know for how the the mortal ones was created. Uh, at the pole, at the different, the two poles of the planet were basically, they called them warp gates. Yep. Uh, the the planet was created by people called like what the old ones. The, yeah, the, the old ones and the Slan were their servants. Mm-hmm. So and, the yeah. and the Slan helped them sort of create this whole Warhammer world and everything on it. The Slan taught magic to the elves, who in turn taught it to the humans. Yep. Uh, and what happened was at some point. The realm gate up in the north shattered. Or not the realm gate, the, the warp gate. It cracked, it was broken. Yeah, um, and the elves, the elves were keeping it, so they were siphoning off the power of it through the vortex. Right, because, well, what? yeah, when it broke suddenly, chaos magic, all magic comes from chaos, basically. Right. And chaos magic started pouring out of the gate because it broke. We never heard from the old ones again. Nobody knows what happened to them. Right, and as the magic starts pouring through, chaos starts pouring through into the into the world and just right. wrecking havoc. So, 
Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the elves created a magical vortex, which Calador right. Dragon Tamer, I think, is the guy's yep. name. He's the uh, you know the elf wizard that came up with this plan, and he got all the elf wizards of the day together, and they created this vortex to siphon off as much uh, of the basically the chaos they could. Right, and now to get a sense of this type, the 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 the, the level of this spell, mm. it had. Dozens, if not hundreds, of elf yeah. wizards doing this, and yeah. they're still there. They, they were, were there, there. <laughs> thousands, thousands of years. They were basically trapped yeah. in time. Right. Uh, they were doing this spell ritual, and yep. in order to have it happen, they were caught basically inside the vortex, yeah. continuously doing the spell for thousands and thousands right. of I, years. I, occasionally, Teclas would get a vision or do a spell, and he would talk to people in there. I think he talked to Kalidor Dragon Tamer at least once. Yeah. And it, what's crazy is, uh, so, I mean, it, but the time works differently in there. Right. Um, as, now, one of the things that happened is you would constantly be getting invasions of chaos up from the northern wastelands. They would come through right. the gates. Archaeon has come down through the gates several times to conquer the planet. Mm-hmm. And in the end times, um, this is this is this big push. It starts off with Nagash, who had been uh, destroyed at least a couple of times. He right. he returns. His his servants uh, manage to bring about his return. Right. So they're doing that ritual with mm-hmm. the daughter of Tyrion and Ilariel. Yeah. Um, causing all sorts of strife among the elves. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens. Nagash comes back. Uh, Nurgle makes a huge push in one of the books. It comes in. You start to see, um, then you get another where it sort of focuses on the Skaven. Yeah, Skaven are doing their thing. They're trying to basically blow up Morsleib, right? Right. They're trying to they're trying to shatter it with a giant laser. Yeah, they tried to. Yeah, they tried to basically uh, destroy Morsleib. There was two moons. There was originally one moon at the Warhammer World, and then when this thing, when the warp gate was destroyed, there's basically a moon that is nothing but warp stone, which right. is basically like realm stone, but from Pure chaos. Yeah, and they're trying to blow, it, bring it down to the planet, and use it. I mean, it it, it was getting really insane. There was it got a little, stuff. it got a little nutty. Yeah, yeah. Um, Malekith was the head of the Dark Elves. Um, he was uh, he was totally disfigured when he tried to take over as the head of the High Elves. Yep, that's a whole other story. Whole other story. <laughs> Thousands of years they fought the high elves and the dark elves trying to to take command of the of the elf uh, lands. Yeah. Um, you find out that he actually was the rightful ruler. He was just being tested. Um, well, no, I mean it literally <laughs> says had he had he stayed for one more heartbeat in that testing ground, he would have come out unscathed and been there. Yeah, but he didn't. But he didn't. So that, that was that was part of the test. He failed, so he wasn't rightfully the king. But then, <laughs> yeah. So the elf gods. That's well, my, yeah. yeah. Well, basically, the elf gods were like, "Nope." So now you're going to have to go through mm-hmm. thousands of years of testing and strife. But he eventually exactly. winds up taking command again. Right. Um, Archaon is coming through, trying to destroy, and Teclas basically gets to plan to destroy the vortex. Mm-hmm. Um, and beca- and uh, put a different wind of magic in different avatars. Yeah, because yep. all eight 
winds of magic. All, basically, it's like taking the chaos magic and putting it through a prism. It's like breaking it right. into a ra its rainbow of, of parts. Yep. And his plan is that as these break and this magic, basically the spirit of that magic goes into these different people, right. he, can, he can harness those people, including himself, to fight yep. Archeon with this just the pure power of this magic. Right. It's kind of a, it's a risky plan. It's a crazy plan. It's a brilliant plan. It should have worked. It should have worked. Um, However, well, like the power of beasts went off at when it. Yeah, well, then it go into. Uh, it's supposed to go into. Uh, Grim Gore Ironhide, wasn't it? It did, but he wasn't yeah. expecting it. He was expecting to put it somewhere else, and it, all of a sudden yeah. Grim Gore gets it. Um, yeah. Basically, people he wasn't expecting got some of the power. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as it, it, every time it looked like they were going to pull it off, something else went wrong or someone yeah. stabbed. Manfred was very, very yeah. central to screwing things up by literally yeah. stabbing people in the back. Right, um, and basically they th th what they what they attempted failed, and right. uh, Archaon was able to destroy the realm gates on both north and south, which then started to basically suck the entire Warhammer world. Just started to break apart. It right. it, it started to break into pieces and fall through these warp gates. Now, right, those eight winds of mag those people who became these avatars of this magic were sucked through they not everybody was killed Correct. some people and th this is a weird part because some people were sort of sucked through the gates and they just wound up in the mortal realms yeah well i think it says the souls of the people who got sucked through into the realms they basically re-emerged on the other side and sort of became people again yeah and it was just regular people too yeah there was regular yeah it, so you had these avatars who came through and it, they're like a larial Tyrion yep. and Teclas. Yep. You know, these people came through um, the Slan or... Uh, oh, uh, right. The, the Lizard, lizard yeah. um, The Seraphon now. Uh, the Skinks ran into their... All the, they had all these ziggurats on their island. The Skinks ran yep. inside, started pressing on rocks. Things opened up and they, um, they were spaceships. Yeah. They were literally <laughs> spaceships and they flew away. Yeah, because the mortal realms are basically... They're in. You can fly in between the mortal realms. Apparently, if you have a spaceship, it's yeah. Mm. There's some really weird stuff that happens there, yeah. um, but it's really. I mean, if if now we covered this, you can go back and I forget. I'll I'll, I'll put it in the show notes or something. What episodes of the show? Yeah, uh, I covered this with several people over mm -hmm. about. I think it was like almost ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, I there remember were five huge books. I cover. The whole story. Um, I would probably say there that was some of the best work we've done on this show. Yeah. It was rather comprehensive. Yeah, and it was fun. And I did mm -hmm. a lot of, I mean, just, that was the first time I started doing, like, dramatic readings out of the books. And yeah. I, I really, I mean, I had a lot of time on my hands, apparently. Yeah. I did a lot of crazy stuff on that. But I thought, <laughs> I thought, I mean... At the risk the of sounding conceited, yeah. I liked. I was proud of that work. It was very good. The stuff with Cetra was my favorite. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so good. Um, but basically, so the world that was winds up getting destroyed. They blow it up. Yeah, it blows up. Uh, like I said, that and 
because the magic has been broken into parts, that magic stayed broken into parts, fled mm-hmm. out into wherever, mm-hmm. and started to coalesce and uh, solidify into the mortal realms. So that chaos magic split into those eight elements, each element solidified into each of the eight mortal realms. And as those realms solidified, people, like you said, who were sucked through uh, dwarfs, elves, greenskins, humans, everything. Anyone there, some part of them wound up being represented in these new realms. Right. Um, And then at the very end, when you think everything is destroyed, and they don't tell you who it is, but you kind of know because you know that the next... We we already had heard the next game was called Age of Sigmar. Right. now, the core of the planet, to my knowledge, was Gromril, the core of Warhammer it's, it's, World. I think well, so, right? I mean, it's called, it's called Malice. Now it's, and they, call, they call it Malice, It's called yeah. Malice, and they call it it's Sigmarite, is what they call it in Age of Sigmar. Yeah, in the old world, it was called Gromril, which, if you know what Mithril is from Lord of the Rings, it's yeah. the same thing, but they couldn't call it that. <laughs> well, they could, they could have called it Gromril. I mean, I think Gromril is a Warhammer term. Uh, yeah, no, Gromril is. They could have kept yeah. it with Gromril, but they changed They changed. They but I'm saying they couldn't call Sigmar, it Mithril right, yeah. in the old world, but right. it was basically the same thing. Yeah. The best The best metal. Is dwarf ever. wrought steel. There right. And so this this stuff, this malice, this core of the planet is what he, that's the that's what he uses to create the armor for the Stormcast Eternals. Yeah. Um, so Sigmar is literally clinging to this piece with this last core of the planet hurtling through space as the old world the as the books end i still remember reading that and i know i uh, couldn't believe it (laughs) i couldn't either like they tricked you so especially in that last book that last book it was like okay here's where they pull it off because it's like we're gonna do it it's like oh 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 no they failed oh but there's still a chance and they i'm waiting for them to and it was like then you get to that last couple of pages and it's like oh it was all Whoa! It was just yeah. like, and you're at the end. I'm like, they really blew it up. They blew it, it really up. Really did. Yeah, I know. It was, I was, it was bold. It was crazy. Um, and and I I gotta say, at least story wise, I loved it. Hmm. I mean, a lot of us were shocked and stunned, and and I mean, we I missed I missed the old world. Oh, I do too. I miss the old world greatly. However, I love this game. I you know I, I don't yeah. I, you know it's I'm not complaining because right. everything here is literally built on the bones Correct. of that old game. So I yeah, the, that's, the more the more I read about Age of Sigmar and the world and the universe they created, the more I think I like it because they've actually. I mean, now that they've been expanding on it for the last five years it's it's gotten better and yeah it has i mean obviously when it started there wasn't much there and they're Mm -hmm. trying to give in fact i remember reading that first book and it was more like creation myths like yeah uh you know like i mean like stuff you hear from ancient peoples where yeah it's so vague and so epic right and they would just talk about like this happened at this place and you're like i don't know where any of this stuff is no which (laughs) which is frustrating because you don't it was um and it it was frustrating because we had 30 years of history that we were attached to and now it's like what is what what does any of this mean right i mean i i was i I mean i played the warhammer fantasy role play Mm -hmm. i mean i was deep into that i mean i knew the location of all the cities 
Like, oh yeah, I could draw. I could draw you a map of Altdorf. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's just like, oh boy, you know. <laughs> and now it's like we got to start all over. And this is what we're starting with. And it it was right. it was confusing and it was vague, and it was it was but it was for me it was kind of fascinating because it mm. really felt like old Norse or even yeah. Native American creation myths kind of bits sure. coming together. Yeah. Uh, the realms themselves didn't seem to make sense. They all seemed like weird flat earth things, you know, yeah. uh, unless you believe in flat earth and then, okay, <laughs> okay good, good for you. Um, but, uh, like, it's just... It, it, and so, I get, yeah, and I get why Games Workshop did it. I get it, you know. I, I got it. yeah. I got no beef with it. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, you know, I look forward to any games that they put out, and I look for. But th- this story is so dynamic. I mean, I only played Warhammer for about uh, maybe about ten years before okay. they blew yeah. it up. I was very end of sixth. I was starting, mm-hmm. and I didn't buy the rule book because I was literally told, "Hey, new rules are coming." And Christopher was like, "You could just use my rule book until the new yeah. one comes out." So that's when I started. Sure. Um, I started with Blood Bowl. Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in you know middle school, high school days, and then I started in '92 with the version. Yeah. You know that that was Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. So, so I, yeah. I mean, I played with all of that. I only played, I played it for a shorter time, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, it, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, the in the five years that they've, or six years that they've been doing this, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's so great because we've gotten so much and it's so rich and they're moving the story along. That's what's yeah. important. I played for 10 years and it was always that two minutes to midnight scenario at at that game um and it never really could change there was nothing they could do and everyone's like well they they could expand and they they didn't they had nowhere to go basically right um now they've got all they can go anywhere they can do just about anything because these realms they've they've given us like i said such a tiny slice of it and it's already got so much going on that it can yeah. go anywhere they can continue and and a, and a, a dynamic a living story is just more fun to play in yeah uh yeah, so, for sure so let's jump into this now if you yep. got your core rule book with you and you're following along at home we're starting over on about page 26 which is where the history starts after you get through all the how to play warhammer stuff the age of myth yes on his arrival in the mortal realms lord sigmar will not speak or of his arrival in mortal realms lord sigmar will not speak even to allude to the destruction of the world that was is to risk his thunderous wrath but the legends of high azir have much to say on the subject nonetheless i like that if you bring yeah. it up he gets mad <laughs> um I, and I, I, I wonder why. Like, is what if he's embarrassed? I don't. Is he embarrassed that they lost? Is he? Yeah, he didn't I, exactly help. No, he wasn't around. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. I mean, wasn't it Carl Franz was sort of the embodiment of the thing, and then I think they basically Sigmar sort of took over him. Like, that's yeah, how like I. When, when, yeah. when Carl Franz got knocked off the hippogriff or off the off the griffin yep. when he was flying around trying to defend Altdorf, like he fell to the ground, like on his way down. I think Sigmar took over his, you know, body yeah, or whatever. That's how it still, seems to have happened, yeah. yeah. So then we get this great, now this this first couple of pages. First of all, you get all these rumors, myths, and legends 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but the one thing we know is no matter whether he was, you know, frozen to it or aware of what was going as he as he was speeding through the the cosmos, that sigmarite is the is part of this core. Yeah, of, yeah, it's the core of the old world. Yes, the gleaming core of malice. Mm-hmm. And is that what is that just what they're calling the center of the planet? Because it's it's yeah. a capital M. It's almost like that was the name of the planet. Okay, so yeah. Uh, now the thing is, now Dracothian is the is the great the the the, the god of the of the dragons, the drakes. Right. Yeah, he's he, the god beast. Yeah, he is the one who saw Sigmar or saw this thing floating through, and it was all shiny and beautiful. Sort of caught his attention, and he saw it and went to inspect it and found Sigmar. Right. And Sigmar gave him like a necklace or something. Like it's a really weird. That was in like the first <laughs> book. If it doesn't really mention it here, but Sigmar no. gave him a gift when he found him because he sort of like breathed some, you know, like energy into Sigmar. Right. He like yeah. He like breathed his, you know, just breathed on him and brought him back to life, basically. Right. Like, awakened s- him. Maybe just awakened him. Right. From hibernation or something. And then Sigmar gives him a gift, and they become close friends. And Dracothian. Mm-hmm. It shows Sigmar the realms. Yeah. And Sigmar is fascinated. Right. uh, And starts going through and checking things out. Uh, In time, they became like unto the people of the God King's youth. So he starts going around and he finds the people. Yeah, there's people there. Um, They're sort of a bit savage. Mm Mm-hmm. Which and if you know Sigmar's history, Sigmar was a barbarian king. Right, he was the, the he was the he was the king of the Unbarogan tribe. Yes, and so they actually worshipped. Uh, who did they? Who did they? The Kislevites, didn't they? Didn't they worship? Because well, he worshipped. They worshipped Ulrich. That's right. Uh, and then Sigmar winds up becoming uh, worshipped himself in in the right. Warhammer world at yes. some point. Um, but so he well, finds. Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Unbarogan worshipped Ulrich. It was somebody else. Because mm, I don't remember. I, yeah, I, I, I got to look that one up. But I mean, Sigmar at one point was growing up and worshipped other gods before yeah. becoming one himself. He was a literal human king in the Warhammer yeah. world. Sure. Um, so he basically teaches these guys how to fight. He teaches them how to stand up for themselves. He teaches them the stuff that he learned himself as a, a youth in on his own in his own world, how to sort of stand up and fight back against the darkness. Right. Uh, well, he went. And he, he like walked around the realms, basically killing all the monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> in time, these people became uh, unto the people of the God King's youth. And his native tongue came to form the basis of the Azerite language, which transcends all nations and crossed all borders. So began the Golden Age, and over the course of these glorious millennia, the lands were tilled and the beasts were tamed or else avoided. Um, yeah, I like this, how they say millennia there. Yes. Like a thousand years? Those glorious millennia. <laughs> those. I know. Plur- more than plural. one? thousands of years he went across these mortal but think it actually says somewhere in here that the mortal realms i mean for all intents and purposes are almost infinite like no human Mm -hmm. could cover them all no matter you know in their in their lifetimes like no matter how much they traveled because they're that large but sigmar walked it all over thousands of years Mm -hmm. um this last part 
uh, on page 27, before you start to get to the talking about him putting together the Pantheon of Order, this fascinates me. Um, it says, you know, there was trade and civilizations and everybody was happy, yet Sigmar was at heart a warrior god and firmly yeah. believed only the strong should survive in this new paradigm. He taught his people the ways of battle and put the fire of conquest in their breasts, encouraging them to expand their domains and cross from one realm to another via the portals known as realm gates. Perhaps, given the nature of men, the tribes would have warred amongst themselves eventually. Whatever the truth, the people of the realms learned the lessons of the blade as well as the plowshare. In time, it was to cost them dearly. Right. What does that mean? Like, what is, how do, you know? Yeah. Was Sigmar's warlike nature the downfall of the realms? Was it, was, was it, and I, 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 my guess as I gave this some thought was by teaching them to defend themselves, by teaching them to become more, to be these big civilizations, you, you're, they're, they're becoming smarter, they're becoming more advanced, but there's also the ability of pride and greed and those strong emotions, which then attract the attention of the chaos gods. Right. Well, what can happen is like when you're, you know, when civilization becomes, you know, more safe, you know, you're not worried about surviving against the environment or beasts or whatever. You start to build cities, then you start to be able to feel comfortable and then you can sort of expand your realm and, ex you know, exert your will a little bit. And that's when you come into conflict with other peoples. So that's people. what yeah, that's been yeah. even said right in there in time. They might have fought with each other. Mm -hmm. But Sigmar put that into them, and 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 that is what attracts. I mean, that's the one thing that you learn from these these different stories, whether it's 40k or or Age of Sigmar or whichever, is that it's it's the humanity, it's the human emotions right. that attract the chaos gods. Yep. So whatever happens, Sigmar builds all this up, but of course, anything that gets built up slowly starts to be pulled apart. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, then we get into where they talk about the history. So Sigmar decides, listen, we got to get, you know, I, I need help, basically. Yeah. yeah, I can't do this by myself. So the first guys he get are the the Dwarden ancestor gods, Grungni and Grimnir. Right. Uh, Grungni is the builder god. Grimnir is the warrior slayer god. Yeah. Uh, Avalia is not here anymore. She's dead. I think. I think. Eh. Nagash ate her. That's what they said, but... Well, they found some, the body some, under there, the thing. There's some lore out there that suggests that she's not. She was the healer and, goddess of the right. of the Dwarden. Um, but if I you think read... I've, I've, I've seen it alluded to in, I think it's a White Dwarf lore, or one of the Broken Realms lore, that she's still around that would be nice because they very seriously implied that that because uh, their bodies they were all sort of like in a torpor mm -hmm. state and it was very much implied that nagash uh found nagash found her and sort of devoured her spirit and her energy right well it sounds like grigny can and he's the he's the maker god it sounds like he can just kind of make people if he wants to well hopefully which, which, which happened in that yeah. Broken Realm story. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, now, Sigmar found them chained on a mountain, uh, bound in fetters forged by Grimnir himself. Though as to why they were chained, they would not speak. So this is a, this is I oh, wait this 
Yeah, there's a story there somewhere. I don't yeah. think we know what it is. We don't, and I. this is one of those stories everybody knows. My first love in this game was dwarfs. Yeah. Um, this, that was my first army in fantasy as well. So I love them. I'm right, I'm right there with you. And this just, I'm just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so the two of them, uh, Grungni said, hey, look, I'll work with you. I'll help you. And he's going to help him build things. Like whatever Sigmar needs built, it's Grungni who's going to help him do that. Uh, Grimnir didn't want to be in his debt that long. And he's like, just find me something to kill to make it even. So he picked one mm, of Vulcatrix. the... Yeah, <laughs> Vulcatrix, which is basically one of the world beasts. What are those called? World, Yeah. God beasts. God beasts. Yeah. Um, it's basically a giant... Uh, what? Fire turtle. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like... Like Gamera on yeah. steroids. It's basically made of yeah, made of lava and fire. Lava turtle, yeah. And they basically wound up destroying each other. He kills her, but she destroys him. His spirit is then shattered, uh, goes right. all over the place. And this is this is if you want to know more about him, read the Fire Slayers book because the Fire yep. Slayers basically are are his descendants. Um, right. So it's his essence is the ether gold that they gather right and because they're gathering enough of it yeah they're hoping to put him back together again but they also the ether gold is what they form into the ruins and slam into their bodies for to build up their strength correct yep Um, now then sigmar finds nagash nagash is somehow when nagash comes out in the mortal realms he comes out in the realm of death under a mountain yeah, he's under our mountain. Uh, and he's stuck. He can't move, and he can't gather up enough magic or powers to get out of there. And right. Sigmar finds him there. And it actually says here, there was a time when Sigmar would have killed him on sight. In fact, yeah. if there was a, a trilogy of books. should have just left him there. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> but there was a trilogy of books called the God King Trilogy, which was the story of Sigmar. And in the end, he takes down, like Nagash gets his body back and starts coming after uh, Sigmar, because Sigmar has his crown. You're talking about in the old world, right? Yes. Yeah, those are the Graham McNeil books. They were good. Yeah, yeah, very good. But uh, Sigmar is actually one of the people, you know, because every time Nagash gets killed, he's got something that helps him to come back. He's you right. know, he's the Lord Voldemort of freaking Warhammer world. <laughs> um, but Sigmar actually killed him at one yeah. point, or destroyed him at one time, just knocked him yeah. out of his body. So... Nagash already doesn't like him. And when he found him, it says right here, normally he would have just, it's Nagash behead him, you know. Um, But he realized, you know what, Nagash has a lot of power and I'm going to need him. So he basically Mm -hmm. talks to him and says, look, you know, you can join us or I can leave you here. But I, you know, the fact that Sigmar had to free Nagash. Yeah. Nagash doesn't need anybody. That's his big thing. So you you were going to say you were surprised what? I was surpri- I'm surprised Nagash t- let him release him. You know what I mean? He's like, just leave me here. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and it, <laughs> so he goes, he's like, I'll set you free. And, uh, and um, Nagash uh, says, okay, I'll help you yeah, I'll build help you, but like, the cities. Totally begrudgingly. Let me out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of the cities... Um. Yeah, they were built by dwarves, elves, and tons the undead. Of, 
Well, yeah, because that's the tireless. That's the bodies. The 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 bodies to be, to do all the 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 physical labor was right. his. Never gets. He, we all know Nagash never. You know he never lets a grudge go. No. Uh, and the fact that it was of all people, Sigmar. Who let him out of there? Oh, he hates yeah. that. He <laughs> hates it. Yeah. Um, For sure. Yeah. So then, you know, they start forming civilizations. They start forming cities. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a beautiful era. Trade, prosperity. Uh, these were birthrights. Everybody was doing well. Wondrous right. palaces. And a, yeah. And at some point in there, he found Gorka Morka. Alarial, Teclas, Tyrion, and Malarian, and and Marathi. got them all. Got and got him. Got them all under his on his side. Yeah, basically all of the big, all of the big gods, all of the big people from the old world. Malarian was Malekith. You know, that mm-hmm. was the one person whose name changed. They had to change it because Malekith is a. It's like a, it's like a Norse mythology name. Yeah, he was like, actually, like, and he Malekith was actually the name of the head of the Dark Elves, like in Marvel Comics too. Like, that, yeah, that's I think just it, not right. A, yeah, I think, I think he's like the Goblin King or something in Norse mythology, the Malekith, something like that. Yeah. Um. So. Basically, uh, you know, everything is being built. It's and it's beautiful stuff. Right. In fact, now you go through and there's like these early civilizations they built, some of that stuff. I'm, now, remember when Sigmar was walking through, he was finding ruins from civilizations. Mm-hmm. Like civilizations came and went before Sigmar even got there. And right. now he's building civilizations uh, and the, the technologies, the magics, the things that they're using. Everything was doing wonderful. Um now in the age of Sigmar, some of this stuff was even lost. Like right. they were building things here that nobody gets now. Nobody understands after the coming of chaos because of what happened. But it is a, it is an amazing, amazing time and an amazing yeah. place. This age of myth, right? And, and so that's so the gift of civilization. You know, on page thirty, this all takes place during the age of myth. So this is like thousands of years of. This prosperity, apparently. Yes. And that, of course, attracts chaos. Yeah. Uh, and then the book tells you a little bit about Korn and Zinch and Nurgle and Slanesh. And I love this. They each get a column in these pages. Yeah. And then if you look under Nurgle, it just says, By blight, by famine, by pestilence and spite, the great horned rat cannot be denied. <laughs> they just got to throw it in there. Well, because he's like the fifth chaos god. Because yeah. he did his, Well, he is. Yeah, I but, guess. But he's not as powerful <laughs> as the other four, and they right. all the other four all crap on him. They do. They literally all crap on him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about Skaven being inducted into the Chaos Pantheon. I, I always kind of thought Skaven was their own kind of deal, but yeah, but they do have a deity, and he is he is he's evil. Like he's the horn rat. Yeah. I mean, Gorka Morka is a god, but he's a destruction god. Even the Great right. Maw is a is of destruction. Mm-hmm. The Great Horned Rat is chaos, and so he yeah. has done what in all the havoc he wreaked on the Warhammer world, the old world. He basically was elevated, begrudgingly elevated to the fifth chaos god. Um, like I said, but it's more like 
he's that guy who comes around and the rest of them are like, ugh, you here still? Like, yeah. nobody treats him with <laughs> any respect. Have you ever read the short story about the origin of the Skaven? Yes. In that, in that, yeah, in that, like in the swamp in Tilea in the old world with the tolling of the bell and all that stuff. The oh, tricking man. them to building that thing and then it, <laughs> that 13th yeah. ring, it all comes down. Oh, that's such a great story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so creepy. That's a horror story. Yeah. That just you're getting these people, and it's almost like that Tower of Babel where they were so proud and trying to build this amazing thing, and they gave them the tech to do it, but it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And when that thing rang, and it was only well, it wasn't supposed to ring the thirteenth time, right? Nope, it It was twelve, and it rang that one more. They're like, "What's going on?" Like, oh, and then that last (laughs) ring, all of a sudden, stuff starts going bad, and it's like, "Oh no!" Sprouting tails and get hunched over and turning into. Skaven. Well, like, that's oh, when it man. became Skaven Blight. That was their right. like their main. Yep. Oh, such a good story. <laughs> um, then we uh, then you find out. Oh, uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Slanesh, the god of excess, the god mm. of pleasure. Um, he got captured. Yeah, basically he. His favorite thing is elf souls. They are uh, mm-hmm. they are the tastiest of all souls to him. They are the ones he craves right. the most. And when the world started, the world that was started to fall apart. He basically mm-hmm. manifested himself, not his greater demons, not his followers. He himself stepped yeah. into the world that and just started eating all the elves souls he could get his hand on. Um, right. So I, I think his affinity for elves. I think that's. I think the reasoning for that is because he was basically created by the elves and the, the Eldar in the 40k universe. You know, they were this spacefaring mega race, ruled the whole, almost the whole galaxy. They fell into depravity, ruin, excess, all that stuff, and then the basically the big. Uh, ships of the Eldar. They're the people who flew away from Eldar civilization to get away from on the craft worlds. The Eldar civilization basically just imploded, blew up, and created Slanesh. So that's why he has this affinity for elf souls. Yeah. Which they sort of carried over into Warhammer Fantasy because they don't... They're yeah, they're part of this. They're, they're a shared universe. Like they never I, really cross, but little bits do. Like, yep. Well, when uh, one of my favorite parts is when the little skinks went in and took the 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 lizardmen spaceships out. Yeah. When those when those things started to turn on, you heard talking that sounded to the skinks like a weird sort of elvish. And I'm like, "There's the Eldar!" Like <laughs> it's the stuck. Eldar. And if you I look know. on Necron, uh, if you look on the old sculpts for a lot of the uh, lizard men stuff, like yeah. the totems and the stuff, there's little neck, like some of those designs are oh, the Necron same as are on glyphs. Necron glyphs. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So, but so Slanesh ate and ate and ate and gorged himself. On, it was like, it was, okay, picture your worst Thanksgiving dinner. Like the, like, the, I don't mean worst as in <laughs> like, like terrible. Like, I'm not talking about like the emotional abuse you suffer with your family. I mean, more along the lines of. <laughs> Stuffing your face. It's so much that you just pass out. Yeah. That's what he did, except it was like... He's sitting on the couch, watching football, hands down his pants, eyes closed, sleeping. And there he was, 
passed out after <laughs> after eating all of these elves and then finally eating Marathi. Yeah. Who was playing the both ends of the thing, working with him and, and trying to work against him and keep herself out. He and then he passes out and he's just laying there all satisfied and Tyrion and Teclas find him. Mm-hmm. And they get and they basically between the three of them, him and they realize they can get so they they yeah they start pulling souls out of Slanesh's gullet. Well, first they sort of wake him up and capture him, and it's brilliant the way they capture him. Now yeah. he, he feeds on this obsession, which is one of the things he likes about elf souls. Mm-hmm. Um, they do talk about here how Tyr- Tyrion wakes up and he's walking around the realm of light, looking, and he walks all the way to the edge. And um, if you don't, uh, well, once again, if you're still new to this, the Mortal realms, each realm has realm stone, which is like their magic, you know. And if you've been playing anything you know about this, each one, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, But it's mostly the edge, the outer edge of the realms is where most of the realm stone is. It's most magical. Uh, The farther you go towards the edge, the more magic permeates everything. A lot of people who go out there... Uh, they either never come back again or they come back terribly changed. And the right. realm of light, the farther Tyrion went, the more light it became, the more magical it became. And he was blinded. Yeah. Uh, he is blind right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But he did, in those walks out there, he did find Teclas out there, which is another story I'm waiting to hear, which is why I can't wait for Tyrion's army to eventually come out, because I believe yeah. it's going to in my heart. I, I, I would think so i mean they introduced the character finally Mm -hmm. in something that's not this rule book he was in a piece of fiction they put out so yeah and we know that he went out there and found teclas what was teclas doing out there Uh, you know what was happening so he finds him uh he gets him and they 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 basically the realms of light and shadow are like twin realms that sort of circle around each other yeah they orbit each other and they sort so, of also bring, because the realm of light is so bright, as they move, they sort of bring about light and day in the realms, even, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, for all the other realms, yeah. So when Ulgu eclipses Hish, it's actually nighttime in the other realms. Uh, what, what what they did find was there was a sub-realm between, that, the, between the two. Because the interesting thing, Teclis, Tyrion, the, these gods of the realm of light cannot go into Ulgu. They cannot go into the realm of shadow. Likewise, Malarian, the god of the realm of shadow, cannot come into the realm of light. However, this middle place, this gloaming, this sort of gray area between them, Ulkish, they can Ulkish. both go to. Uh, and they use this. They basically they kidnapped and chained up Slanesh with 66 chains of magical paradoxes, like things that yeah. had to, 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 for him to get free, all this weird stuff had to happen. Once they had him chained up there, um, Marathi had gotten out. They knew Marathi had gotten out. They knew Marathi knew how to get out. So the four of them together started pulling souls out of them and using them to try right, to, to recreate create, their peoples. Yeah, to create elves, yeah. Because there were no elves in any of the realms. There were some in Azir, but there didn't seem to be any in any of the other realms. Hmm. Like, like Tyrion and Teclas looked for a long time and found none. Um, so they pulled these souls out. This is where you get the Ideneth Deepkin from. This is where you get the, the the Daughters of Cain. And this is where you get the Lumineth Realm Lords. 
Right. Um, all of them come from these souls that were pulled back out. Now, uh, the mortal realms, uh, you, it, you, you can't grow that big without chaos just wanting a piece of that. And that's right. basically what happened. They went in and they slowly but surely started corrupting things. And as they start corrupting things and working their way through, they start building up towards what we know as the Age of Chaos. Right. Um, Akshi has a very warlike people. Uh, and what you start to see, Akshi is, is actually the place where Age of Sigmar really starts in Akshi, the realm of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have the it, one of the interesting things that I think is really interesting about the mortal realms is that the people there all because it's so suffused with magic that whatever that magic type is the the people are like that the realm of right. light they're very advanced and fancy realm of fire everybody's quick tempered everybody's ready to battle it's right. they they take on the attributes of the the realm that they're in yes um and so you start to see these uh, contests, these big championships happening. Uh, and that's when you start to see uh, they had these uh, contests of champions in Akshi. And you start to see people come through with these honor battles that then turned into much more because it just mm-hmm. started to get out of hand, became these big massacres. And right. well, they actually mentioned one of them, yeah, where it just got out of control, right? Right. And corn manifested in the middle of this thing, and everyone fought for like, like a week or something like that until everyone was dead. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez, okay. And that was the first. That was actually the first one. Corgus Cool was one of them, and Corgus Cool was is is. I mean, he's the guy from the very first, the Realm yep. Wars book. He was like the big bad, the corn leader. Yeah. Yep, he's the leader of the uh, the uh, the Gore Tide. Right. Um, the different realms had different things. Um, Ulgu had very little problem with chaos invasions. The realm of shadow, we know almost nothing about. Still, it's mm-hmm. been five six years. We do not have a, a, a Malarian's army. No. Nope. Uh, we know that. If in fact, in the different books, when people go there, they often just don't come back. Sometimes they come back insane. So, uh, those who come back tell us very little. Even the Caradron overlords who do a lot of trade, if you look at their book, uh, their trade in the Realm of Shadow is slim to none. There's very mm. little going on. Um, so there was very little chaos incursions there. Those that did just wound up getting wiped out. There's just so little that we know about that. Um, I'm sure they got to be saving that for something. I, oh, I can't wait for that. That I'm so excited for. Yeah, uh, I've never been so excited for elves. They were never one of my big armies, <laughs> but man, the elf stuff that comes out is always top notch, and they've got so much yeah. stuff still coming. Oh, yeah. um, Nurgle, of course, goes into the realm of life and starts messing right. things up. Um, I did like they talk about Azir. here Azir. Yeah. Uh, 
Even Azir was scarred by the corruptions of chaos. As the other realms fell to the ruinous powers, rains of chaos-infused meteors and baleful warpstone descended from the skies. These proud celestial beasts that roamed the wilderness and drank from the tainted waters soon began to change in nature as well as form. Though Sigmar and his people avoided those zones as best they could, many high-peaked mountains and pure crystal lakes were irrevocably polluted by the foulness that had been spat from the realm of chaos and were quarantined until a way to strike back could be found. Tragically, it did not come soon enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in Azir, like, there, it wasn't un- yeah. unharmed, which I didn't realize that. I think that that was one of those parts I was like, oh. Like yeah, pretty, si- much every, pretty, pretty much everywhere got, you know, corrupted by chaos in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so Sigmar even had to, like, quarantine out areas and try to stop it. Um Stuff happened everywhere. The chaos gods. And, you know, they feed on all strong emotions. So the people who became hateful fed the chaos gods. The people who became afraid of them fed the chaos gods. The, pe- mm-hmm. the people who didn't get affected by them but were still had the, you know, their, they, you know, they made it through unscathed. But then their pride and their, their lustfulness yeah. and their greed, everything feeds the chaos gods. And so these, they're, they're coming in everywhere. And then you get this. Now, Sigmar, this is the time when Sigmar himself was going out to fight. Now, before, you know what? Let's take a break. We've been yeah, going sure. on for, oh, my God, we've been going on for an hour. We're going to take a break. <laughs> We're going to come back. And then um, we'll keep going with this. Sounds good. This is Brian Blessed, and you're listening to Garage Hammer. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Hello. We are here to talk about the humbling of the God King. Indeed. Now, Galmaraz is Sigmar's weapon. Yep. And this this weapon also goes all the way back to the world that was. Right. So there are a couple of things that made it through from the old world. And... I was trying to think of some of them. Like, Alaria got some seeds and some stuff from the, her plants from her gardens. Yeah, well, she's, well, the Oak of Ages is there. Yes, that's like, true. The actual big tree from Athalorn is which, in the realm of life. And, 
Made it over. Athalorn, for anyone who doesn't know, is the big forest where the wood elves made their home. And that tree, like all their big stuff that happened, happened at that tree. Picture that giant tree from like Avatar, except not (laughs) dumb. And uh, and, uh, that's like basically, and that tree made it, like you said, weird thing to come through. Yeah, the but there it is. Made it. So Galmaraz got through. He must yeah. have been holding it. Sigmar must have had it with him. Uh, yeah, he uh, never lets go Teclis's, of it. Teclis's stuff, he's got it. He's got the moon staff and the sword. We well, know that from... And he was carrying book. those when that ended. So it's like uh, basically any of the stuff that the gods were wearing or carrying with them seemed yeah. to come through. The story- yeah, so Arcan's got all his gear. That's some other stuff. Well, he didn't get through. warped through. He won. Archeon just won. He just moved was, on to the next conquest, which is kind of awesome I, I for him. Would, I would assume he got blown up, too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because he went <laughs> in there with know. the plan of doing it. I'm, I'm guessing he just stepped right back into the Chaos Realms when things ripped open. Like, isn't that his he was I think was he just so nihilistic? He just like I'm just gonna blow up with everyone else, and I don't care. You know what? That could be the truth. <laughs> so I was trying to think of some other relics from the old world that made it through, and those are the ones I came up with. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't, I can't think of others. I'm not, I, but then again, I wasn't thinking. I don't think the Book of Grudges made it. Sad, sad. Mm. Um, now, for those of you who don't know the history of Galmaraz. Back when Sigmar was just the leader of his tribe, of uh, the 12 tribes, there were 12 yep. different barbarian tribes. He was the leader of them. He was out there, and there was a huge greenskin invasion. Yep. And they were attacking, and they were fighting with the dwarves, and the dwarves were sort of... It was the Battle of Skull Pass, wasn't it? Uh, was that Skull... I think it was Skull Pass. No, I don't think it was Skull Pass. It was... Uh, I think it was just like it was just some battle. I don't think they really. I said I could have sworn it was, but maybe I'm wrong. But I thought it was the battle for. But maybe that was just that other. There was a battle. (laughs) There was a battle. It went on for days. Right near the Gray Mountains, and King King Kurgan Ironbeard got captured by the orcs, and they he was in a lot of trouble. The yeah. dwarves were losing that fight to the greenskins. And I'm using yeah. the word dwarves because back then they were dwarves and they were orcs. Yep. Yep. And the orcs were having their way. And Sigmar came in with his people and he saw the orc attack happening. And he went in basically, he's like, someone's got to stop these orcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw that the dwarves uh, freed the king, went in there, and he basically, him and his men turned the tide. Right. And freed King Kurgan Ironbeard. And for his bravery, he was. Gifted, awarded, gifted, Galmaraz, skull splitter. You know, yeah, it's a beautiful. Head. You know, it, yeah. it's dwarf make now. Dwarf uh, made. Um, you don't hear this as much in this game, but back in Warhammer World, if if you had, had three something master, of, had three master runes on it. Yes, right. If you had something of quality, it was dwarf made like the dwarves taught the humans how to build their cities and even then like the most grand the grandest of human cities dwarves would come through and be like it's not bad yeah because they could build stuff they were the master craftsmen of the warhammer world and galmaraz was an amazing warhammer and it wasn't it king wasn't it the king's own 
Warhammer? Didn't he give him yeah. his? Yeah, this yeah, was the was, king yeah. of the dwarves, Warhammer, and he gave it to Sigmar. Right. As a as a as a show of a gift and as a bond right. between the two peoples, eventually, when Sigmar so would, became the king, didn't they give him the twelve swords? Then was was that was still with so, Sigmar? So so Alaric the Mad, right, pledged after the Battle of Blackfire Pass. I think maybe is what happened. Blackfire there. Pass. That's the bat. That's so after it, that battle, pass. King Alaric the Mad's like, look, we got to do something to stop these orcs. I'm going to go forge you some weapons to fight the greenskins. We're going to do this. So he went back and it was like he worked on him for like a thousand years or something. It was some ridiculous amount. Like all the people he promised them to had died by the end of it. Right. So he like shows up one day with the 12 swords. Because there were 12 tribes. Sigmar was the head of 12 tribes and each leader of those 12 tribes was given one sword. In fact, Carl Franz still had one of them, Runefang. He did. So yeah, yeah they were called the Rune Fangs, and they were distributed then to the Elector Counts of the different regions. And Carl Franz was the Elector Count of Reichland, so he got one. Yes. So actually, in his rules in the Eighth Edition book, he actually has Galmaraz and a Rune Fang. He had to pick which one he took. I think he had to pay points for one or the other. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> because Sigmar wasn't playable in the game, but but no. even when Sigmar left, he left Galmaraz like in their care. Right. So as it got passed down from emperor to emperor to emperor to emperor, it would get passed down. So yeah. So Galmaraz had never had three master runes on it. So it was remember what they were? It was all hits wound. Oh, that's right. I no don't remember this. Save. I know you know this. No armor save. Right. And it did D3 wounds per hit. So all hits wound, no armor save, D3 wounds. But And a rune fang was all hits wound, no armor save. So it had one extra master rune on it. Because in the rules, you couldn't... What were the dwarf rules? There was the rule of... So three, back right? back in the old game, then this is the thing that drew me to playing the dwarves too. Because <laughs> this, cause you could create... Your, yeah. You could pick all sorts of different weapons for your heroes. Like, that was the one thing you could do. You could pay extra and buy specific weapons. Dwarves didn't have magic, but they could create runes, which were basically magical sigils that you could put on things. Mm -hmm. So you had your armor and your weapons, and you had banners. You could make armor, weapons, and talismans. You got talismans, too, yeah. And they had runes, and there was was different rules. Uh, The rule of three, you could never put more than three runes on anything. Right. You could only have one master rune on anything. Right, per item. Right. Per item. You could put one master rune and two regular. Master runes right. were always super powerful. Right. But the, So Galmarez had three master runes on it. Yes. Which it, was technically impossible in the way that the rules were written, but, you know. But it, yeah, but that that's why this was <laughs> the king's, this was the ultimate weapon, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he had Galmarez. Oh God, that was so much fun. I would build. <laughs> it was great. You'd build, oh my God, I would spend hours putting together dwarf runic magic items. I I don't know how much of my life I spent with the dwarf army book. <laughs> Just yeah. And here's the thing, you could make because you would get your you would pick your dwarf lord. Yeah. And he could have up to 150 points of runes. And so you're yeah. like, okay, I got to split that up between the weapon and his yeah. armor and his talent. Right. And you could never get right. everything in there. You could get close. I think you could get a. I had, I think I had a, a one guy. Up, yeah. One up re rollable armor save. 
with a ward save with a four with up a ward save. save yeah and then like a plus one strength or something yeah like and then that. a crazy it was so good my guys <laughs> always took the super armor like you couldn't yeah, i did too and he was always and i always had him um with the two dwarfs on the shield bearers yeah, so you couldn't yeah. uh, so you couldn't uh, you couldn't do the uh, what's the auto kill um the oh, uh, uh, you couldn't killing uh, blow him you couldn't killing kill him because he had too many wounds right so yeah, I spent oh so much time, so yeah. much time. Just yeah, they actually made up that. a rune. Remember, there was a rune that they came out with in one of the books where you just put the rune on him and he was immune to killing blow. Yes, they it had, was like five points or something. Right, it was immune. To, well, killing blow as long as you had three or more wounds, you couldn't be killing blowed anyway. But it was just basically like a perfect strike decapitation auto kill. Yeah. Um. But oh so. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I miss that. I really yeah. do. I have like the last three dwarf books. I I actually, I actually sold them and then realized what a stupid move that was. <laughs> and then thank goodness Ryan Nickel had his and he sold me his. Nice. Um, I only have I have the I have the eighth edition book. I actually got rid of all the other. I have I the last. I had enough room. I had decades worth of white dwarfs. Oh, like in my in my garage. I. And plus all the army books from all those times. I just I didn't have space anymore. I at this point get rid of all the old ones when the new ones come out because I I can't keep them either. But I kept the dwarf ones because yeah. I love them. Plus a couple of like the old vampire count things. Like there's a few books that are just so close mm-hmm. to my heart. I kept them. Yeah. The rest had to go though. I see right. what you're saying. Um, yeah. But so I, I have the one and only Chaos Dwarf code uh, book. I have that. Oh, do you? The, the, art, the only army book they ever came out with. I do have that. Was that the legit one or was that the, the fan-made one? So this was the legit one that was a compilation of the White Dwarf articles. Oh, they, put, okay. they actually released it as, a, as an army book. I would love to get a gander at that <laughs> next time. It's if, pretty awesome. If, that was, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because um, yeah, either, you either played the two-page PDF or you played the fan-made one, and I can't remember the name of the guy who made it, but Christopher always played his book, and Christopher yeah, adored yeah, it. Barnett loved it, and when we got to meet that guy at Adepticon, Chris was just like, this is the greatest thing. Such <laughs> a, You know what? It was probably, if you talk about fan-written codexes, because you would get them uh, at times yeah. for armies that weren't there. It was the most balanced. I mean, it was yeah, balanced it was enough that tournaments allowed it to be played yeah. because the two-page PDF for Chaos Dwarfs was so sparse that it <laughs> wasn't really great to play. Right. And he just filled it out. Such such great. Kevin, I think his name was. I, Kevin Coleman? I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. He also made a goblin thing. Some of the goblins he did, too. Yeah. Where he had, yeah, something like that. I mean, but a lot of people made a lot of Nippon Cathay books. There was oh, all sure. sorts of stuff floating around. Yep. Uh, but that Chaos Dwarf one was the only one that I was consistently allowed in tournaments because it was so right. well balanced. Right. Um, so so back to Galmaraz. <laughs> yep. As we, wax, we wax nostalgic on Warhammer. Oh, yeah. So Galmaraz, during these battles that they were having sigmar against chaos the pantheon against chaos they're doing great sigmar they're they're fighting and then there's this battle called the battle of black of burning skies and sort of the turning point against the forces of order goes bad um but even before that i mean it just you have your book in front of you are you on page 40 uh yeah 
Read that first like full like couple of sentences. So, as hundreds of nations turned to chaos in order to survive, Sigmar's wrath grew ever more thunderous. His ascension to godhood had not eased his temper. If anything, the destruction of his former world had seen him in its thrall. So he yeah, thought with, yeah. So he, the fact that chaos started taking over again, he's yeah. losing it. He is yeah. not like he's getting angrier and angrier. He's leading the way. He's fighting. He ain't having it. Yep. Right. No, exactly. So, so they're fighting, and man, there's just all these these battles, and Sigmar is casting down one greater demon after another with Galmaraz, and like like I Sigmar think, uh, fights four yeah. greater demons right. single handedly. Right. All four of the chaos gods throw their best yeah. thing at him, and he beats them all. Just yeah. beats them to a pulp with Galmaraz. Yeah, that's not even really close. No. <laughs> and then Archaon comes riding in, and he's got his Varen guard next to him. Uh, in fact, the picture on page uh, yeah, 41, 41 is just such a... pretty epic. Yeah, and Sigmar sees him, and that's it. He's had it. Yep. And yep. so, whoof. Yeah, so, he whips, so he whips Galmaraz at him, throws it at Archaon, but, joke's on you, it's an illusion, and Ga- Sigmar just tossed Galmaraz into a... A warp portal, gate, basically yeah. a warp gate into the realm of chaos, basically. Like, oops. Uh, and so, this is where Sigmar realizes his temper has gotten the best of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm, I apologize. Yep, yep. So the the hammer's gone. Uh, they have to concede defeat, basically, and that's when they retreat to the realm of heavens, seal the gates of Azir, and. The age of chaos truly begins, and, and the destruction of the mortal realms begins and, in earnest, yeah, basically. In doing so, he consigned the other mortal realms to damnation. But here's the thing. It's kind of like the One Ring. Like, Sigmar is powerful, but he, the Galmaraz is is his weapon. Like, he yeah. no longer has his main weapon. His power, I mean... He doesn't have his weapon to fight with. I mean, think mm-hmm. about that. I mean, think about some of these heroes who you know they have this thing. You know, a Jedi is still powerful, but take away his lightsaber in the middle of a lightsaber duel, and now you're right. in a little bit of he's so he's got to go. Yeah, and he pulls yep. back, and that's bad. Um, yeah. So also at the Battle of Burning Skies, is that when? That's also when like the Gash gets defeated. Like I think that's an Archeon. Kills Nagash, right? Battle Burning Skies. Um, no, Nagash was not at there because he didn't go. Oh, right, that's right. Uh, let's see. Wait, at the Battle of the Burning Skies, yeah, he didn't show up. In fact, that's one of the things that Sigmar's ticked about. Oh, that's right. Uh, in fact, later on, he goes in. He he goes after him. In fact, I think that comes up later in the story. He goes yeah. after Nagash because he's like, "You ditched me." <laughs> He's like, we could have won this, and you just didn't even show up because you're just like, nah, it's not yeah. my realm. I don't care, <laughs> which is is completely typical Nagash. Yeah, this is what this is the nonsense he pulls. Um, so now we get to this part where basically, uh, after the battle, the burning skies ends. Uh, Sigmar's people go to Azir, they look at everyone else is stuck. Now in Hish, something else is happening. 
Right. And this is important because in Hish, not only are they creating these new races, which is causing issues, but there's 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 bad stuff happening in Hish. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, the, these are elves. They're super intelligent. They're they they very emotional, very strong willed, um, and they can also become very obsessed. And yes. um, the the first the tr- ones that that were created, the first race there, were the Deepkin, the Ideneth Deepkin, which Ideneth means extreme seclusion, apparently. Yeah. Um, Sithai. Yeah. Uh, this is this is the sad part. Do you like this army? Do you like this story? I'm just I, curious. I do. I think it's it kind of gives you a little perspective on Teclas a little bit, and because you know Teclas was, I mean, he was the guy. You know what I mean? Back in the old world, he could do uh-huh. anything. And, you know, he, if his plan had followed through, the you know the old world would have been saved. And now he's again trying to rescue the elves and do his thing, and he kind of messed up yeah i mean his first shot at creating a race of elves turned out not so good Mm -hmm. um he pulls out all these elves and there's still this weird taint of i mean let's put it this way these souls have been tortured inside a chaos god's belly or essence Mm -hmm. for a long time i mean think Mm -hmm. about this millennia yeah, they had to be in that inside of Slanesh because all of these things ha- they you know we talked about all the stuff that's happened in the mortal realms, and then he finally gets him and they finally start pulling him out. Um, they're still a problem. Their souls weren't right. Uh, right, they're, they're they they have I think I believe they have souls. Yes, they're just not quite complete, they, which is why the. I don't know if Deep can have to go on their soul raiding parties, right? Yes. Where they literally tear the souls out of other creatures, basically to strengthen the souls of their of their people. Yes, it says here Teclas found they could fly into frenzies of excess uh, emotion and drew the only. Con- they still bore the taint of their imprisonment. Worse still, the vast majority of their offspring were born with swiftly withering souls. Yeah. Empty creatures, eyeless and cold. They could only survive if bolstered by living animus stolen from others. So, <laughs> yeah, Teclas realizes, oh, my, no, this is not right. Um, And he decides. Yeah, he's going to finish him. He's going to, I'm going to get rid of these guys. This is. I'm going to cast a spell, and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, that's horrible. But he also yeah. looked and said, these, this, what I've created is not right. I, I I didn't do a good... He didn't do a good job. Right. This was his so, first attempt. But think yeah, about so, this. This is his first... I mean, we all know Teclis is a powerful... Voice. This is his first attempt at creating new lives, pulling yeah. souls out and creating... Cre- These guys were his first attempt. This was the Frankenstein's monster. Right. So is, though, in I, the Adonis book, like some of that... Not all of the Adonis are like this, Right. I believe, no. like the kings, the kings and like the nobles, they're basically fine. They are, but their children are right. not. Right. Uh, and some of them who were pulled out were not. They all bear the deep mm-hmm. scars 
from yeah. being in sl- it's why they they go down to places where there is no set like the, the the deepest places in the water there is no sight there's no sound there's no feeling mm-hmm. uh, there's still a fear of having of techless too, of not just not techless and slanesh Mm-hmm. Right. They know Slanesh is looking for them, but they're also terrified of Teclas. In fact, that lantern that he started to use that he was trying to purify them with that started to burn and torture them, they stole it. That's right. the one I that wonder, if, Go ahead. I wonder if the Idonith realize like Tyrion's role in this. Like he basically saved them. You know, he begged his brother to spare them. You never wonder, hear I, any mention of him. There, it's Teclas that they fear. So, mm-hmm. so there's a, yeah, yeah. There's a little quote on the bottom of the next page, which is Tyrion talking, and he says, "In wisdom there is pride. In pride there is folly, and folly has ever been the nemesis of wisdom. It is the herald, not only of disgrace but of tragedy and death." I mean, he's. He's kind of going after his brother there a little bit. A little bit. And it's really funny because if you <laughs> follow in the old world, Teclas was a very sickly elf. Yeah. Like he was physically yeah. ill. He was very weak, but the greatest magician they'd seen in, in ages. Right. He had to drink a potion to keep his vitality up. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was sickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Tyrion, not great at magic, but one of the best tacticians and one of the most mm-hmm. athletic of all elves. So they right. were like two sides of the same coin, the twins. Yeah. Um, and Tyrion was was not, I mean, good tactician, good with people, not the brightest bulb in the batch, though. And then <laughs> you read this stuff, you're like, he's wisened up. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm so excited to see more about him because he's grown up. Right. Yeah, it's going to be cool when... They ever they decide whatever they decide to do, it's, it's maybe this coming of the, like the dragons is gonna be something with Tyrion because well those I mean, those are stormcast dragons they're stormcast dragons but I come just, on there's got to be some luminous dragons please. coming out I know I know I know uh, it's so exciting but so uh, <laughs> Malarian and Marathi have used some of their souls to create races we've seen the daughters of Cain yep yeah because um, of course Marathi has to sneak a couple of souls off the top for herself, you know. And that's one of the things we find out is Marathi is skimming. She's taking yeah. extra souls. Um, but the problem is, and this is this causes a huge problem because Slanesh is in a, a, in a, in a, they've got him balanced between realms at a very, it's a, it's a very precarious capture. They know they can't keep him captured forever. Right. They're constantly pulling souls out, but part of his being captured is kind of it's it, it's like knowing that balance. Mm-hmm. And as she's stealing extra souls, it's their calculations, I guess you could say, are going off. Right. And that's throwing it out where he is able to slowly break a couple of chains and yeah. being a master of illusion and deception. Every one of these chains that Slanesh breaks, he is not letting them know it's broken because one broken he's there's 65 left he can't get out as they're breaking he's making it look like they're not and they don't realize this is happening because of course Mm -hmm. marathi screws up everything yeah of course um (laughs) you know then then teclas takes his next shot at creating them and that they create the lumineth who then call themselves the realm lords and as the book says whether they truly deserve this title is subject of much debate for the history (laughs) of the elves is ever been driven 
by division and hubris. Right. Um, he's now, yeah, so, go yeah, ahead. So the next part is basically where they talk about just sort of the rise of the luminous and how they so they kind of make the same mistakes. You know, they try to outdo each other. You know, bigger and better jewelry, bigger and better towers, bigger and better masterpieces. They're competing with each other over and over and over again. And of course, they come up with another civil war, basically. Like, oh my gosh. Here's a couple of things with this, though. First of all, as you say, they're making bigger and better everything, including bigger and better weapons, to the point where they start coming up with ideas for weapons, uh, basically weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is all just a theoretical mental exercise. We would never actually use them mm -hmm. until they start a civil war, and then they pull out all these big guns and almost destroy the realm of light. Right. The Akari Dara is this huge, like you said, a huge civil war. Now, it doesn't yeah. split them into the high elves and dark elves like the old right. civil war, but it does bring this race to its knees a bit. And yeah. and here's something. Did you, like, okay, so Teclis sets up this path of enlightenment that all of the yeah. elves follow, this idea of becoming a better, you know, he's the god of light. He knows yeah. more magic than anybody. It's just a part of him. And he starts setting this path of enlightenment that these elves start mm -hmm. to follow. Does this remind you, uh, and uh, maybe it's just because when I was reading the Horus Heresy, this mm -hmm. reminds me of all the stuff that Araman was practicing when I was reading the stuff about uh, with Magnus and with the Thousand Sons. Sure. Does this, I mean, and I'm not saying they're going to fall to chaos, but it's that idea <laughs> of these paths of enlightenment and focusing yourself and getting all the, I'm like, oh, this reminds me of what Magnus did. And yeah. Magnus did mess things up. I don't want to hear he did nothing wrong. <laughs> he was kind of a putz. And, and, and you know what? Teclis has screwed things up too. I'm not saying he's going to turn to chaos. Teclis never would. No. But he's running, he's playing a dangerous game here yeah. with this. Well, and it, you know, I, I guess they kind of, I don't know, it seems like they've learned, I mean, have they learned their lesson? I mean, because the Lumineth that are existing after this, I mean, they're, I mean, that's what their lore is all based on, right? Yeah. Curbing all these desires with those, with, you know, with the various, the Cathlers and all that stuff, basically sucking off the emotion and but they Making have to sure. because this path to enlightenment that he set up. I mean, this Akari Dara not j didn't just tear them apart. It literally ripped a rend and, start, and allowed Slanesh to start pouring through into mm -hmm. the realms. Like, it right. was dangerous and not a good thing at all. So it got, it got bananas at some point. Um, mm -hmm. It's... I don't know. I, I just I read this. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's let's try to wrap up a little bit more here uh, and get this next part done, and then we'll take another break and come into the Age of Sigmar. Sure. And this is the Dominion of Chaos. This is right. uh, Sigmar has retreated. He's not coming out. Um, and Chaos, uh, God King, with the God King having withdrawn to Azir, the Chaos Gods excelled at making pawns of emperors warrior kings and high priests as they work to change the nature of reality itself. Mm -hmm. A hundred dooms befell each of the mortal realms, and the gods of chaos delight in fashioning the fall of empires old and new. This is the great game. They're all trying to take over. Um, yeah. So many times they could have taken over, except 
it was like, oh, look, you know, like Nurgle was on the realm of just really tipping everything his way. And then yeah. his own brothers turned against him because yeah. they don't want him to win. Yeah. So it's like I remember like reading like the like, you know, back in the, the old world, like corn was always fairly ascendant. But once in a while, something Nurgle would cook up some huge plague or something, and he would become ascendant, right? And then, you know, he, he his power would eclipse the other his two brothers, Corn and Zinch, and then he'd have to like ally with Slanesh, their right, you know, to tip the balance. Nobody liked Slanesh, you know what I mean? But they use the youngest him, brother, yeah, right. So, but they use him to help reinforce what they're doing. It was always like this little power play between. You know, whoever was ascendant at the time, the other three would team up and sort of go against them. Yeah. If I remember what I read correctly, Corn has been ascendant. If if you looked at the entire history, he's been ascendant the most because basically, uh, he lives off murder and blood. Yeah. So and war. Yeah. Yeah, any, yeah. Anything like if that. If Nurgle's killing guys, Corn is getting power from it. Zinch is yeah. killing people. It doesn't matter who's doing the killing. Right. Corn, as it says, corn cares not from where the blood flows. Yeah, I mean, we're playing a game of either fantasy battles or in the far from future of the yeah. <laughs> of the galaxy. There is only war, so okay. So he so. he becomes very powerful at those points. Um, Nurgle has, like you said, has has, has come up to. Um, I love when you read. I read the book about Slanesh and all of them, all of them. Um, have their own foibles and their own excesses, and excess right. feeds Slanesh. And at yeah. times, they all worry that no matter what they're doing, they're feeding their brother. They all mm -hmm. they all have their own things. It's really kind of fascinating to read this stuff. Um, and the Dominion of Chaos, this section does go in and talks about, you know, um, the different realms. Uh, right. Alarial, right. yeah, in the realm of life, Alarial, you know, uh, Nurgle is corrupting everything. And she's having trouble. Um, well, she actually retreats into her basically dormant state, into her winter dormant state, right? And becomes yes. basically puts her essence into a seed pod. Well, and even before that, she would. She just like she found one little pocket in her realm where she hid right. herself away. Yeah, Ethel Weird, I think it's called. Uh huh. Yep. And the Stormcaster trying to find her because they right. need her help, and Sigmar right. wants them to find her. Finding her, the, the of course they got followed by Skaven because this basically yeah. Skaven's whole role in this is because they can. You used to be in the old world, uh, and one of the things you found out in the end times is there were more Skaven. Skaven were more populous than all the other races put together. Yeah, and they basically had. Warrens underneath every major city. Like you went mm -hmm. under there, under the sewers, and under everything, there were Skaven. And right. um, the Skaven's whole thing was they would sneak into places because they could tunnel under everything. Now that the Great Horned Rat is a god and you have the mortal realms, they can literally tunnel through reality. They don't need right. realm gates. They can right, tunnel through. That's what through. the null holes are, right? Yeah. They can they can gnaw through reality, so of course they gnawed through and they found a way and they snuck in and when when the stormcast found Alarial, the Skaven the, found out and told Nurgle, right? Like the Lady of Vines, right? Who was uh -huh. Alarial's basically dryad handmaiden mm -hmm. was kind of guiding the stormcast to her location, and then they accidentally well they like revealed her hiding place. To the force of chaos, like, oops. 
Yeah, and then she got yeah. mad and was going to kill them, and they're like, no, look, you need to fight with us. And then she was fighting, got angry, and there was some weird stuff happened, and then she turned into that seed pod because she was just like, we can't win. Yeah. Yeah. And that was from those early stories, and then eventually... That's the Realm Gate Wars, as yep. we're into now. That's all the Realm Gate Wars. Yeah, that was crazy. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then they basically, they had to run her across the realm through all this, running the gauntlet, getting just killed. Eventually, yeah. they got to the place where they were able to plant that seed, and then Alario yeah. pops out in her, like, summer yeah. war form. Yep. And that's the Alarial we see today, is the right. Alarial so the, the warrior. Yeah. Right. So cool. The beetle and goes to town. Yeah. yeah she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Let's see. Um, the realm of beast, the fighting is, you know, going constantly. Um, the realm of metal with all of the alchemy and the stuff that mm -hmm. goes on there. The Dwarden, uh, really, there's a lot of Dwarden uh, presence in the realm of metal because the, there's enough materials there for them to make a lot of their stuff. But right. that's the place that uh, Zinch. That's, that's, yep. that's Zinch's area. Uh, let's see. Uh, it just kind of goes through the different things. And yeah. over it all reigned Archeon. Mm -hmm. um, and this is interesting. Though even his most trusted lords, no, not even his most trusted lords knew it, Archeon wasn't doing all this stuff to be rewarded by his patrons, but to usurp them. To all those who suffered under his rule, escaped to the hidden wilds, or somehow endured the shackles of his reign, there was but one immortal truth. Chaos had claimed a victory that could never be undone. So this is, Chaos has basically run through. Uh, Sigmar has locked Azir, and without him to lead this, remember, none of these guys really wanted to even join the Pantheon. He right. sort of twisted everybody's arm. So when he stepped away, everybody just went went home and said, we're just going to de defend our homes, and that's it. Yep. And chaos wrecked stuff. So when we come back, we'll talk about the actual age of Sigmar and get through most of this, um, you know, before, well, and bring you up to yeah. the modern times. Yeah. Right back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paints? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we're back. 
we're back with finally getting up to the age of Sigmar. Hey, hey. Uh, and this is where the this is now all this stuff that happened. You know, a lot of this is that everything up to this point is stuff we've learned since the game came out. Right. Um, we got a very uh, we got a cliff's notey version of all of this uh, in the first books. It's very yeah. quick. Um, and what we first start off with is how the Realm Gate Wars started, which is Sigmar had locked the gates of Azir and started to figure out... Now, this is a great part of this. Long had the Tempest of the God King's Wrath gathered. So intense was that emotion, it had become a dark thunderhead in Azir, a storm of spiritual energy that had the power to smash the dark nations of chaos, if only it were given form. Sigmar knew from experience he could not win the war against chaos while fighting as he had in his former lives. So it was that Sigmar became not a champion of humanity, not a child of war, but its terrible father. Uh, and somebody had actually on the Facebook page had asked about, you know, why doesn't Sigmar and the other guys just sort of pop in on Archeon when he's not expecting it and do this? Yeah. Sigmar doesn't show up anymore. Sigmar has realized his place is not on the battlefield. He, t- he, he is there. He does. I mean, he, he's talking to people. I mean, he's, he's talk- yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, but he's, he's orchestrating the battles. He is. Mm-hmm. He is running the show. He is not actually taking the field to fight anymore. That's right. Yeah, right. So the plan is to basically the beginning of Age of Sigmar is to reemerge into the mortal realms and take back the realm gates that lead to that lead from the realm to the realm of chaos. You can't have, you know, if, 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 if humanity no, no, no. is going to reemerge, the right? First, no, the first realm gates he had to take were the ones leading to Azir. Right. Because, then, yeah, well, yeah, the first one, then after that, they want to they wanna close the realm gates from, like, Gyron to the realm of chaos. They got to close that gate. Right. They've the eventually got to stop the ones, keep pouring in. the ones leading to the eight, the all, the all points, or the eight points. Yeah. Um, now, what happens is when Sigmar closed the gates of Azir, none of the realm gates could take you to Azir anymore. But the way he had locked them, he had magically locked them, that they had to be opened from both sides simultaneously. So Chaos has been pounding on the gates of Azir trying to get in for ages, and they just can't. Um, and then, so Sigmar's locked inside. Grungni, who still feels he owes him a debt, works with him, and he, it's Grungni and Sigmar together create the Stormcast Eternals. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happens is uh, when it becomes time, suddenly he sends them in through lightning strikes because they can't come through the realm gates because you cannot open the realm gates even from the inside. They just, you have to be opened simultaneously, smashed through from both sides. Right. So. And it says here within hours. This is it. Now think of the size of this. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of realm gates. He has sent out. <laughs> he has sent out his stormcast to hundreds of different realm gates, and within hours they have fought their way through the hordes of chaos to the realm gates because they are all around these realm gates trying to bust into Azir. Like they're constantly there. They have to smash their way through them. Establish a safe zone, and then bust through them themselves. 
because now they're busting from both sides. They managed to open the gates, and then once the gates are opened, now Sigmar can send his his people out through them without letting chaos in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a massive undertaking, yeah. uh, years if not centuries in the making, and it it works. Yeah, I love how they kind of they sort of shout out the you know the old world, and here they said they they smashed into the ravaged lands of chaos as columns of bright heavenly energy each dome of lightning dissipating to reveal towering broad-shouldered warriors armed and armored with the magical metal sigmarite the very stuff of the world that was that sigmar had once called his home like yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> i love it he's bringing it in old school this is the yep. stuff yeah cuz he there was no, the, the all that the, the core of his planet was at the center of azir but it wasn't being used Mm-hmm. And what do I need? I need I I need some old school warriors from yeah, the old we, world to bring down some some old school chaos. Exactly. Um, and then we get into the Realm Gate Wars. There's some really great stuff here. The oh mortal realms gosh, are, are so vast that a normal man they might as well be infinite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's how many? There's like thirteen books in the Realm Gate Wars. Uh, it's a lot. There's a, a yeah. There's a bunch of books. I oh, think it man. was like four or five campaign books to get through it all because they had yeah. to get through the 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 god yeah. beasts and all that right. stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's all the Age of Sigmar like gaming books, and then there's all the Black Library books. There's yeah. I think it was like thirteen books oh to my get gosh. through the realm. It's an enormous amount of stuff. I think the most important one is the Galmaraz story, where yes. they retrieve the hammer. I think that's probably probably the most imp- one of the one of the turning points of the realm gate wars so where they you know they are able to basically bludgeon their way through defeat the you know the lord of change that's guarding it and they retrieve that was, was that in was that in the realm of metal uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a lord. There's a lord of change guardian. Yeah, it's, they it's were, in Samon, Yeah. Yeah. What wound up happening was they were fighting a, a just a, a regular old battle against a lord of change in there, and one of the Sigmarite, one of the one of the um, you know one of the Stormcast, got a glimpse of Galmaraz, yeah. like yeah. completely accidentally, like smashed part of this wall and saw it, and when and when they killed him. They killed him to silence him. He goes right back to Sig. He gets reforged, <laughs> yeah. and the first thing is, I got to talk to Sigmar. And he's like, Sigmar, we found your. Well, and that whole book is them. Yeah. That was such a great book. Was this yeah. huge? And uh, you were talking. These guys were turning time backwards and forwards. They were. Oh. They were yeah. jumping the, the 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 whole citadel where it was hidden. They were jumping it to different places in the realm. It was an insane book. There was a part it's where a- they had to. Uh, the, the 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 giant waterfalls, the lakes of metal of mercury, yeah, and they had to basically uh, uh, distract the one the the dragon that made the thing so that it would freeze up so they could climb it. Right, and it like was, one of the characters turns to Sigmarite like during it, like so oh. he doesn't die. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, it's it's that book was bananas. <laughs> yeah. And so eventually Sigmar gets his hammer back, which he then gives to the Celestine Prime, who carries right. his hammer into battle for him and speaks with Sigmar's authority. Is he as powerful as Sigmar? Not even close. But Sigmar no. doesn't take the field. So that's what happens. Basically, 
the realm gate wars go on and on, taking back, obviously, these gates to go through different places because the ability to travel between the realms is one of the major... I, the, the, this is your, your power to get where you need to be to fight. And if Absolutely. you can keep chaos out of these places, you can stunt their movement and then keep them in one place and slowly stop them. Right. Um, there is one place that was called the All Points. And the yeah. All Points was this one realm. It was a, its own distinct mini realm that had uh, major realm gates into all the realms. All the, there was gates from all the realms led to this place. Yeah. Um, and Archaeon, during the Age of Chaos, Archaeon came in, destroyed everything, and took it over. It is now a horrendous place called the Eight, eight Points. I believe it's the Eight Points. That's right. And it's where, it's where the Warcry game takes place. Right. right. Uh, and Archaon's throne is there, uh, which he says he will not sit in until all the realms are conquered. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Sigmar goes, Archaon is, is, he is the boogeyman in this game. Oh, yeah. He is outside of the actual, I mean, the, the chaos gods themselves won't show up. They'll send greater demons and stuff. But even the greater demons aren't as strong as Archaon. Archeon is the big bad, and from the all from the eight points, he can strike anywhere except Azir because that's closed. Which he's got guys constantly working to break it open. Which was the Marathi book and the Broken Realms uh, mm-hmm. stuff we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so they have to fight to try to shut down. If they can't take it over, they need to they need to lock down those gates and take control of them. I think right. they managed to get control of four. Uh... So I think it, I think it's three. Oh yeah, Akshi, Gairan, and Gur. Yeah. So the yeah. realm of yeah. Three of the eight arcways were taken away. So that they managed to get three of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and right. and well, it's three of seven technically because the the realm of Azir they it's it's locked because right. you can't get through it. Right. So of the seven left, they managed to take almost half. Right. So what they do is is when they now they take these gates. They put a storm keep there. Yes, they put a storm keep there, and they build up. Ma- there's major cities in each of these places, mm-hmm. um, and this is the next section called the Seeds of Hope, which are the the living cities. Yeah. Um, the well, the living city is well, the first yeah, of the Seeds of Hope. Yep. Um, they also founded the Phoenicium. These are different. The Grey Water Fastness. These are all the major cities, like the cities of Sigmar type of thing. A lot of this is is built around this. Right. Um, it, this is a fun read because some of them, like, uh, you know, they built one one of the places built in the land of Gairan is just literally formed, you know, um, Alarial form, like just the trees and all, just yeah. were twisted and created and bent. So it, it's it it almost it reminds me. It sounds like um, what's the place in Lord of the Rings where the, Rivendell? Like everything is just sure. you know this natural blending right. and building with nature. Uh, but then you get the Grey Water Fastness, which is like all war machines and stuff, and like. Yeah. It's factories, and they're pumping smoke and pollution out yeah. um, to the point where the— It's in Gairan. Yeah, it's in Gairan. But they're literally pumping out pollution and nonsense to the point where the Dryads and the other inhabitants of, you know, the um, the Sylvaneth are like, this is a blight. 
Yeah. This is a blight as bad as Nurgle, and they start attacking it. Yeah. And they basically have to make this agreement right. with Alario and with the uh, surrounding neighbors. Basically, that city will grow no farther. Right. And there is one road in and out. And if you try, if it starts to grow, or if you try to get in and out on any other roads, um, the basically the dryads and the other Sylvaneth around the city will take you as an enemy and basically move to destroy you. Right. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what other, what other, is there any of the other stuff in here? So, so my favorite is, is, is Hammer Hall. I love how it's like the, the twin city. Yeah. Between Gyra, Hammer Hall Gyra and Hammer Hall Akshi. I, I think it's such a cool idea that there's a realm gate right in the middle of the city and you can traverse back and forth between the two and they're both existing to like help each other like actually nothing grows there there's no food so they bring in food and water from gyran and hammerhall gyran like the forest is constantly trying to overgrow the city so they actually import lava from akshi to like burn away all the vegetation so they just don't get inundated with yeah, you it's know, each growth and stuff. Half of the city is in each of the two different mortal realms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the it, the lava the, the lava what do you call uh, the lava moat basically around yeah. the city is just such a great idea. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, drop my pen. Um, so you get all of these different cities are being built, and it says over the hundred years or so since the Realmgate Wars, mm-hmm. scores of Sigmarite cities have been established across the mortal realms. And this is what is going on. And sorry about that. Uh, this is basically kind of taking us up towards the end of the first edition of the game, yeah. Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Yep. Um, you started to get things. Malign Portance comes out. And yeah. <laughs> this is. So they're building up to. They're basically building up to the Necroquake, right? And the Soul Wars. And the Soul Wars. So thousands of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nagash gets freed by Sigmar and he's in the realm of death and he basically decides, you know what? I am the only God of death here. Now, Shyish was not a horrible place before Nagash. When people died, whatever your race's belief system was, it's like you, your collective unconscious sort and belief system built that afterlife in the realm yeah. of death. Yep, there was an afterlife for each civilization. As Whatever as your it, belief system was, that's right. where you wound up. And the as long as there was people were, who believed in that afterlife, there was an afterlife for you. When yeah. those people died out, that afterlife just kind of withered away, and it was gone. Um, the problem is that they actually had gods like mini gods who who ruled over these afterlives. Right. And Nagash is like, "Ah, no." And he traveled from afterlife to afterlife realm, killing and devouring all of these different gods until he was the only one who ruled it. Yeah, he's like the worst. He is the worst because basically <laughs> uh it's all the zombies and the skeletons and all that crazy undead the undead nonsense is all because of him. Right. Shyish was not that horrible of a place. Okay. It was a place where the, you know, the dead were, the restless dead, I suppose. You know, they were around, like, 
But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like living in the Walking Dead. It was like no, it these people like that. would commune with their ancestor spirits and stuff like that. It was right. uh, it, it it became blighted by Nagash, and so Nagash came up with this idea, and that was he wanted to turn around and take all the power from there, focus it in one place that he controlled. Right. So this is just brilliant. He, he sets Archon, his number one lieutenant, on this job, and he gives him tons of skeletons. Right. And the realm stone of, of Shyish is grave sand. Grave sand. And each grain of grave sand is, somebody, is, is, is connected to somebody's soul from some point in time in the mortal realms. Right. So basically, everybody who's died, there's a bit of grain. There's a grain of sand for them. Um, and as we said earlier, the outer edges of the mortal realms are where, where all the, the magic, magic is. is. Yeah. So Nagash says, "Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to send out skeletons. Now humans can't survive out on the edge there, mm-hmm. but the skeletons are dead. We're going to have them walk. And we talked about this when we first started. Like it's thousands of miles. It's like walking around the earth. Uh, there and back, I think, is like we determined like three and a half times around the earth. <laughs> so they walk out there. The skeletons pick up one grain yeah. and walk it back. Right. If they pick up more than one grain, they will dissolve because it's that powerful. Right. So these are the skeletons that become... Like that one regiment or that, that faction ones, in yeah. the Osiak Bone Reapers book. I can't remember what they're called. The ones who are burning and can explode and they're they're resistant to magic and they're like really, yeah, they're crazy. I forget what those are called too because I don't play that one. Right. Um, but so over thousands of years, he starts taking the – and only Nagash. Nagash plays the long game like nobody else. <laughs> like For seriously. Sure. Um. But by doing this, he takes all that realm sand, the grave sand, and starts turning it into these obsidian blocks and uses right. those blocks of obsidian to build the Black Pyramid, which he, the, yeah. in the old world, Nagash was built thi- the Black thing. Pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. It was where his power was. Here he builds right. an inverted Great right. Pyramid. And now, this is the Shayish Nadir, right? Yes. And what winds up happening is this is really throwing the entire realm off base because now the concentration of magic is in the center, not the edges, which is throwing every other realm off center. Right. Uh, and this is where all of a sudden all these omens start happening. Dead, The dead start coming out of their graves for no reason. People mm-hmm. are uh, – my, my personal favorite example, because there's weird things. They said how ravens would just – like flocks of ravens would just drop dead while flying and just hit the yeah. ground. Farmers were going and harvesting their corn and shucking the corn, and there was no corn. It was just teeth. Yeah. That is the <laughs> weirdest. Whoever came up with that earned their paycheck that week. That was bananas. Yeah, I remember the, the Dark Omen stuff was interesting. So everybody starts realizing something's going on. Even Vandis Hammerhand, who was the Lord Celestant of the, of the, of the, you know, the Hammers, the of, Hammers Sigmar, of Sigmar, yep. he was one of those guys from the first book. He started getting weird visions. Yeah. Like every so, all these different realms start realizing something weird is going on. There's all these evil portents, and it all has to do with death. So eventually, almost everybody starts going out to the realm of death to figure out what is going on. Everybody realizes Nagash is up to no good. Surprise, surprise. They might have been able to stop him, but as <laughs> they're going along, 
I believe it was some of the forces of chaos. Uh, like Sigmar sent in a bunch of Stormcast. As they were marching there, some of the Chaos people who were also trying to go there, they came across each other and started to fight each other instead of fighting Nagash. Who threatens Nagash the most? The Greenskins. Right. Because nothing stops them. They're just marching in. They almost stopped him, too. Uh, he basically builds this big inverted pyramid, and as his big plan is to get together, as always happens, as it happened before... When he was doing his last ritual with the Black Pyramid in the old <laughs> Skaven. Yeah. Skaven were trying. The forces of Cass said, we've got to know what Nagash is doing. So the Skaven gnaw hold their way right into the middle of the pyramid, <laughs> which threw the pyramid off and threw the spell off that Nagash was doing. Basically, picture an inverted pyramid that starts spinning almost yeah. like a drill. And focuses all this death energy, which then goes down and starts drilling. But because the Skaven were in it and screwed up part of it, uh, it sent out this huge wave of death energy, which was the Necroquake, which caused right. the dead to rise everywhere. Right. Also, with that huge wave of magic going through everything, that's what caused the that was the the birth of the endless spells starts happening here. Mm -hmm. That's what, yeah. When we got that new box set, yeah, we got we got malign portents, we got all kind of stuff, and then. Basically, AOS 2.0 comes out. Mm -hmm. Soul get, Wars. Yeah. Uh, the Shyish Nadir, basically, that pyramid drills itself into the core of the center of the realm of death and causes a vortex. Right. And so what happens is slowly all of the different realms in the realm of death slowly start sliding in. So you could still have followers and worshipers as they start to slowly fade off. You don't fade away anymore. Your your place weakens and gets sucked into this vortex where you all are then converted into soul energy for Nagash. You basically become his. You, you become his. Yeah. He is going to slowly. Nothing will last in the realm of death anymore. It will all get sucked in and become his. So you could be living in your little realm, worse, you know, in your own afterlife. It's all going to go away eventually. And this is what. And this causes, like you said, the soul wars. Um, ugh, it's crazy. So you get the soul wars, and then. So this is also like when, like a. Uh, the mad, like the magic that Sigmar used to like camouflage the storm bolts, is like taken away, so now everyone can see these storm vaults that are like all oh, over the place. Right. They're like hiding like all of Sigmar's magical treasures from the Age of Myth. It's like oh boy. Anytime, yeah. Anytime Sigmar found some sort of magical artifact that was too dangerous to use, he locked them in these vaults. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he hid them. Right, which I, is, and he hid them using magic that Teclas gave him. Oh, Teclas was so you know, pissed. Teclas is mad about it now. It's like, oh god! So now there's a rift between Teclas and Sigmar. And like, oh boy, okay. Well, because Teclas gave him this thing that is supposed to uh, help build knowledge. Like it, it, right. it, it gathers knowledge and then and makes people better. Uh, what he did was he gave it to Grungni and said, hey, can we reverse engineer this so that yeah. it will hide my vault and make anybody who comes near them, if they do see it, can they forget they saw it? So it's actually erasing knowledge. Yeah. So there's like all kinds of like unstable magic weapons in there, prisoners that Sigmar has defeated but not killed for What's his name? Uh, Catacros was exactly. trapped in one of them. Yep. So that's where you get the whole Catacros thing from. 
Yeah. And this is fantastic, too, because one of the things I really love about this is that huge wave of magic goes through, breaks these stupid things that are hiding them. Now, <laughs> suddenly, everybody is finding them and saying, oh, let's bust in. So now there's all these new magic. I mean, it becomes very dangerous. So now Sigmar's right. got to also send Stormcast in to retake these things. Everybody's trying to take these vaults. Right. Yeah. So we get like, and we also get, we get another uh, chamber open. So we get all the sacrosanct units for uh -huh. Stormcast to come out. And I, I, I do love near the end of the bit before the solars actually start is it says, even the dark gods bellowed in outrage for the bedlam unleashed by Nagash's great work had tipped the balance of power massively in his favor. Mm -hmm. So this was, I mean, in the mortal realms, Nagash was sort of ascendant at this point because yeah. of all the insanity that was happening. Um, you know what? Let's let's take a one last break, and then we'll come back. And because what we're getting to is, uh, you know, the Soul Wars happens, and basically we're getting into the uh, what's about to what what finished up Second Edition is the, how the Soul Wars the things that ended that so we'll take a break and we'll get you up to date on the stuff that's literally come out in the last like five or six months yeah okay we'll be right back Grognard's. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons & Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section, and you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols, and if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either, but you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because if the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we are back. And we are going over the Soul Wars. Soul, end of the Soul Wars. So we get here and all everything is going crazy. And Nagash basically hates everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, Nagash hates everybody. Anybody, he knows that, you know, Alario can bring things to life because that's what she does. He knows that some of these other, he knows that, uh, the souls, he knows that uh, the techless and them are, are creating a new races, which means these right. are souls that belong to him. Right. But his ire is really saved for Sigmar. Right. Because of 
their creation because of Grugni and Sigmar created the Stormcast Eternals. They keep basically they're recycling the souls of their warriors, and that's making them crazy. Like right. they're not they're not dying. They're not their souls aren't going to him. And it's funny because basically you know, and when you one of the things with the Stormcast Eternals is not everyone he took was dead. There was a lot, in fact, that was in the beginning of the Realmgate Wars, you were learning about where the Stormcast came from. And if you were fighting and you were a warrior who, who showed promise and showed bravery and showed all the qualities Sigmar was looking for, let's say Chaos came in and was wiping out your village and everybody was dying and you had no chance, he would grab you right before you died. Mm-hmm. It was easier to convert and, and turn you into a Stormcast if you hadn't died yet. And so you could make an argument. It actually says in the book, you could make an argument for Sigmar taking... They, these guys weren't really dead. Yeah. So until... But the recycling upset him. The problem is uh, it was the Heldenhammer, the anvils of the Heldenhammer. These mm. were actually taken from dead... These guys were dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. He had a whole group that were, and that really, really <laughs> ticked off Nagash. And he's like, and the problem is he's taking great warriors who Nagash would be using in his own armies. So it's not right. just that he's sta- stealing souls. He's stealing quality souls. Right. Like Sigmar even can redeem a chaos-tainted soul, which is kind of cool. Which was very cool. because That, that was, was neat, a, right? Yeah. That was uh, the guy. What was his? Uh, starts with a T. He was Torgus or something. Yeah, uh, he yeah. was. Uh, wasn't he a tree spirit or a tree? He was some sort of creature. Uh, from, he was a creature from the Sylvaneth because it was in uh, Nurgle had taken them, and Nurgle had captured them and corrupted them, and he had turned him. I think he was. I think it was a. I think it was a Gyrian tribesman. I think okay. who was fighting and he got killed by Nurgle. Or, or tempted by Nurgle and turned into Torgless bloat spawn or something like that. Nurgle captured him and just tortured yeah. him and tortured him until he yeah. he went until over he to broke. him. Yep. And then he got taken. And instead of being smit, uh, instead of smiting him, it was he actually went up against the um, the Celestin Prime. Y- yep. And yep. the Celestin Prime saw what a good person he really was. And instead yeah. of smashing him, he just touched Galmarez to his forehead and burned yeah. out the chaos taint. And we reforged him. As and they a, took him as a Stormcast. Yeah. And there was a couple of stories. There was at least one book that was focused around him and how, talk about a Stormcast who is working so hard to redeem oh, yeah. all the evil he did. He is a Stormcast out there with a vengeance, and he yeah. hates Nurgle more than any of the other stuff. Yeah. That's a cool story. That's a great story. There's so many good stories that have <laughs> yeah. come up through this. Um, but, yeah, so... It's uh, and then this is where you see the birth of the night haunt, mm-hmm. which are literally these these spirits. Um, one of like thing- the worst people ever. Well, and it's they, and it's these, people that ticked off are. Nagash that he had tortured. Like he did. Yeah. Like the 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 Dreadscythe Herodans, the the ladies with the with the scythe hands. Yeah. They were nurses who right. would save people who were on the verge of death. Yeah. And Nagash is like, you should have let them die and come to me. You held them off. So what does he do? He removes their hands and gives them scythes and then gives them a rage so that they go out and then they kill. Yeah. And they kill, uh, and they especially go after people who are healers and things like that. And 
after after they kill, he grants them a moment of clarity where they can see what they've done from their healer self point of view, which makes them hate themselves for what they did, which then increases their rage and has them go out and kill again. And when that killing frenzy calms down, they constantly see what they've done and hate themselves. This is the stuff he does. What a great guy. Yeah. And so what winds up yeah, what winds up happening is um all of these spirits basically get whisked out of Shyish into back into their bodies. And that's where the spirits of all the night haunt come from, mm-hmm. led by the new, the new Mortark of grief, Lady Olinder. Yeah. Um, oh, and this is th- then it starts talk- the Arcanum Optimar. That was that thing. This is the section that talks about that's what those were the things that Teclas gave him. Yeah. That he that he used. Oh yeah, here if we you, go. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to read this around page uh, fifty-eight, fifty-nine, uh, in the book, um, yeah. Yeah, he. <laughs> this is upsetting to Teclas, which he even knew. Even even Grungni was like, you know, if Teclas finds out, he had to. Sigma really had to twist Grungni's arm <laughs> to yeah. get him this because he's like, you know, if Sig, if 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 Teclas finds out about this, there's gonna be trouble. Right. Yeah, and these are and, these are in the game, right? These things. The uh, yeah, you used to be able to buy them. They they were yeah. they're a spe- they've got special terrain rules. I think right. I, I think, have one I somewhere. Think- I think you can buy them individually now. I think they're releasing them as their own set. I think so. Um, and then finally, and this is where we get to the end. This is this is all recent episodes, actually, folks. If you've been listening to it, the Marathi. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's Marathi. Then there was Marathi, Teclas, um, Bellacor, Bellacor, and uh, Bragnos. Kragnos. Uh, basically. Marathi, this is the first part, and we're going to go through this quickly and wrap up the show. Um, but basically, uh, Marathi's bid to become a god. Like a, yeah. She realizes. She, she does it kind of. <laughs> well, she does, but she does it, and much like uh, Nagash's plans, it gets a little bit screwed up. Right. I think they dropped a seed in there. It's like. Like to me, I don't think her ritual was successful. Like, well, it, if it was successful, she would have been one person. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't because of the the sma- in the middle of the ritual. The the yeah. Deepkin King smashed the the, the lantern. Oh, he used a lantern and he smashed the uh, smashed the uh, the lantern was what they were coming for. He smashed oh, the right. giant bowl, the big oh, uh, yeah. okay. the big yeah, yeah. thing. But basically, Marathi gets a bid to become a goddess. She basically gets everybody to help her. Everybody, and this is, we talked about this when we covered the episode. If you want to listen, everybody knows she's got a, she's lying. Everybody knows she's got alternate plans. Nobody knows what they are, but they're like, we're going to go along with you, but, you know, we're there, we're watching you. She basically screws everybody over. She yeah, lets she, hood, she hoodwinks everyone. Yep. She does <laughs> now she does help Sigmar in one way. She knows that the Veronite, which is basically the realm stone of the all points. Right. Um it's got mutative powers. Like if you pour it on something, it will mutate. Right. Uh, it but, can destroy stuff. And Archaeon is actually having them mine it and use it to ruin the his side of the realm gate to Azir. Right. Uh, and he would have succeeded. Yeah. Uh, so she basically tells Sigmar, look, I know where this is happening and I can help you stop it because we can. She basically says, I can open a portal and drain all the Varanite from the all points out into the void where he won't be able to get it. 
uh, which is a big lie. She's draining it right to her own cauldron to power her plan. But because that's gonna the mutating <laughs> yeah. powers in her spell are gonna mutate her into a goddess. Yeah. Um. So she does actually save Azir. I mean, we don't know what would have happened, but yeah, it certainly wouldn't have helped that Arcan had all that Varanite, you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, it said somewhere that he was actually, it was destroying some of the sigils around the gates. He probably would have broken in. Yeah. But basically, Marathi uh, plays everybody against themselves. Her ritual gets screwed up. Uh, She becomes two halves, basically the two parts of her personality. Well, she gets cut in half by a mysterious elven deity. (laughs) Yeah, which you know had to be her old husband. Yeah, it's a Narian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go to Narian. He was still around. (laughs) Inside, because she was going to devour him, because that's what she did. She went inside Slaanesh and used the lantern to suck all these souls to fuel it, where she absorbed, much like Nagash was doing to these other gods. Yeah, so she got to the last one. This is a Narian who is not having it. No. And basically just. Cuts her in half. <laughs> yeah. And so Marathi, who before was the Marathi we knew, and when she would get angry, she would turn into the giant serpent Marathi. Mm-hmm. He splits her soul, so they are connected, but they are now separate. But So they're uh, basically, instead of starting off with the one Marathi when you play the game and then having to switch, yeah. to the other, they're both on the field all the time. Yeah. yeah. Which is... A, which is which, a clever way to write into it to be able to play with our toys. I really yes. like this story a lot. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. I, I'm just, I'm just hoping that Anarian is still kicking around somewhere. <sighs> she really made it sound like she destroyed him, and that would make me sad because I do like right. him, and it would be nice because that is Malekith's father, isn't yeah. it? Malarian's father. It would be nice to see something happen would bring him back somehow. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they can bring back a Narian. I mean, he's he kind of wrote himself out of the war, the story on his own. You know, and yeah. he knew he he couldn't exist anymore because he had he had drawn the sword of Cain, and that was it. You know, it what I mean, he nice knew that see when his, he did it. It would be nice to see his spirit maybe talking to his son or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be Valerian. cool. Right? It would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you got the Teclas book, and basically the Teclas bit of the story, and the important thing is. Uh, Nagash, uh, Teclas realizes what Nagash is doing, and he goes into the realms while uh, the Asiarch Bone Reapers are attacking Archaeon. Mm -hmm. uh, Teclas brings his armies in there, uh, smashes not the Bone Reapers' stronghold because he realizes that that's too too tough a nut to crack, Mm -hmm. but destroys some important areas of, of some certain important magical points to bring hope back right. to the land of Shyish because right. in in a land where your belief system is manifested through your own beliefs like it it's really is the, the like that power of that subconscious yeah to give them hope would start to transform the land right and then he actually goes through and starts throwing down the sigils cuz they have that new character the ru the you know the the calligrapher or whatever yeah, it is yeah he can like write Elven ruins on the land and do all kind of stuff. Elven runes, runes on the land yeah. and do all kind of stuff. Yeah. And so basically, Teclas runs through the land and starts slapping down runes, um, which stops them from going into the Shyish Nadir. Uh, yeah. Nagash gets so pissed that he goes <laughs> into and starts trashing the realm of Hish. 
Yeah, he, he invades Hish. Um, the Osteo Bone Reapers invade it. Uh huh. And uh, also, they've got a bunch of uh, what are they? The, um, the ghouls and stuff. The um, yeah. So the, the flesh eater courts guys. Yep. They they just happen to be living in, in that Hish. Area. Yeah. They live. They that's where they live. So they're all fighting. Long story short, Teclas and Nagash have a big fight. Nagash does some scary things, scares Teclas, wounds him a bit, which I still yeah. think is going to have repercussions later. Mm. If you read well, that book. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, Teclas, then he needs help to defeat Nagash. So, like, mm-hmm. like, the, like the Luminarch is helping, like, all the different forces that are there all contribute to the downfall of Nagash in that battle. It's not just Teclas who does it. Well, isn't Larry- that important, though? That's the big yeah. difference between the two most powerful wizards probably in the in the mortal realms and in the game, Teclas and Nagash, very different mm-hmm. types of wizards. Yep. You know, whereas Teclas just naturally has this command of it and it just happens, whereas Nagash just grabs the power by the throat and uses it, sort of like a light side, dark side. Yeah. Um, whereas Nagash is like, I'll do this myself, and Teclas is like, uh, I can't do this myself, yeah. but I know I can do it if I can get people to work with me. And that's yeah, that rallying people, getting that hope. And mm-hmm. they basically not only stop the Shyish Nadir, they stop the, all the realms from getting sucked into the center of Shyish, mm-hmm. but he manages to, to basically get a, a net of light lock uh, Nagash up against the side of this mountain and before he yeah. can free himself all of the giant bull god guys come over with their hammers <laughs> just and start. just beat him to a pulp and destroy yeah. his body and destroy his body again so, so Nagash's spirit <laughs> shoop, 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 goes back to Shyish because you know he can't you can't kill him right but you can destroy him and it'll take him a long time coming so Nagash is at the moment destroyed mm-hmm the soul wars are over. Right. The the Shyish Nadir is destroyed, and we're moving into this sort of new thing. The problem comes in when this happens. This destruction of the Shyish Nadir causes a bloom of life magic. Now, there's right. a lot of stuff that happens in the next book. We don't know what that yeah. bloom of life magic is going to do. Um, Until we get to... Kragnos, yeah. but we don't get to Kragnos yet because yeah. we've still got <laughs> Bellicor's book. Yep. Which uh, and Bellicor's book is this I, kind of? I feel like it's almost happening simultaneously. It is with the with the Teclas book. That's one of the things that I loved about this is every mm-hmm. time you got a new book, it's like okay, while that's happening, this is all. It was just it's weaving more layers and more yeah. more intricate patterns into the story. So it's like oh, you thought you knew what was going on, but while that's happening. Yeah, and this is a big important thing because Bellacor is—he's always wanted Archaon's spot. Yeah, and he's trying like forever, forever, for like, yes, for eternity. He and was the—he's the first demon prince, Bellacor. Yeah. He's like—he was the first mortal to ascend to demonhood. So he thinks he should be their chosen one. And he like went through all the trials and tribulations. He. But he didn't pass the gates. final. He didn't pass that final did, test, right. so he didn't, didn't pass get it. The final test. But he's smart and he's clever, and so here he's got this plan of his own. And if he can make this happen, he knows that they will reward him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically gets t- 
teams up with Lady Olinder of all people because he knows right. that the he knows that the Night Haunt, one of the Night Haunt's special abilities is to grab people's souls and capture them and bring them to Nagash. Mm-hmm. So he understands that the different realm gates are all a part of a network of magic, and it's it, it basically creates the backbone and the framework of the mortal realms. Yeah. And he's chosen some very specific ones, and I believe it's, it's I believe it's in the realm of metal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they're in Shaman. Yeah. Yeah. He goes in and starts corrupting and destroying realm gates, mm-hmm. and by going in and doing this destruction of these realm gates, he is going to mess up not just the the the, the basic backbone and structure of this uh, the realms. What he does is, and it's amazing, and he pulls this part off. He messes up the uh, the realm gates' abilities, the 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 different things, the ability to get back to Azir. Right. So he creates a like a cloud, like a like a storm cloud, almost that it's like a fog that's like over the realm of metal right now. And basically, when Stormcast dies, their soul bursts out of their body in a bolt of lightning. Well, the lightning is not able to pierce this fog and gets stuck and is just basically just rebounding around inside of this fog. And that's crazy. And the Stormcast start to see it. They see the lightning go and it doesn't escape. And then the cruel gas cruciators and these other other night haunt come rushing up and grabbing these souls. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like suddenly it's like, oh, no. Oh, and right. you know Nagash is going to torture them. So this is like, oh, none of this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and now then this is, you've got some new characters. In fact, some of the new things we started to see with these new Stormcast are guys who actually can help make sure that these souls get back to Azir. Yeah. Um, and, that, and, and he basically, uh, uh, he, he, he creates another sort of disturbance, another sort of imbalance or instability to the mortal realms, much like the Necroquake, but not on that level. But it is very dangerous to him. But then he tries to take over one of the biggest cities. Right. And he, he almost does that, but fails. And because he doesn't take over the city to hand it over to the Chaos Gods, he doesn't yeah. he he does a lot like, of damage but doesn't get the prize. Right. The the Caradron overlords coming in at the end in a in a fleet in Boy, which the Mortal Realms had never seen. I just love it's like the flight of the Valkyries music playing, you know, just they come in and just Carpet yeah. bombing this place. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and then I mean to the point where Bellacor runs up and jumps up on the ship. Yeah. And he's trying to destroy the ships and all of a sudden this one dwarf or this one dwarf turns around and starts coming to him and seems to grow in stature yeah. and he looks at him and runs because yes, we, we find know out that, I guess we know that's Grugni now. Yeah. I yeah. thought it might have been the white dwarf because he was I pretty powerful. I thought it was going to be the white dwarf, but based on what we just read in Well, the, then you the get to Kragnos. Yeah. 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 And in the last book of Kragnos, you find out that um Techless, by locking down the realm of death and and taking it from its ascendancy down, has helped bloom the realm of life. Alarial right. has become more powerful. Mm-hmm. Life magic has bloomed through everything. However, 
you find out about this character, Kragnos, who lived in the realm of beasts a long time ago and was basically a god. And some of the dra- the dragon people who lived there before, who he was wiping out, they teamed up with the Seraphon and Lord mm-hmm. Croak, and they imprisoned this beast because they just they couldn't kill him. Right. Uh, they imprisoned him out outside of time inside, and space, yeah, like in a stasis yeah, in, field, basically. Yeah, in a mountain. Yeah. Um. The bloom of life magic somehow broke this spell. Right. And so now Kragnos is out crushing through, destroying stuff. Right. Um, he's, hook, he's hooking up with, you know, the the Auric war boss, and they're, 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 they're Gordrak. Gordrak they're sees just... him and is like, oh, I got to take this thing down. And, yeah. and promptly gets the crap beaten out of him. Yeah. Stands up bleary-eyed, concussed him and his 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 uh what's his name? Uh, big teeth or whatever he's called. Yeah, big tooth, yeah. He's he's all beat up and they stand up and he looks around and all of the oryx are looking at him and goes, Right boys, follow him. Like yeah. he's yeah, you know? <laughs> uh and then he basically wants to take back the largest city in the realm of beasts because he's like, Nope, this is not allowed. Right, it was built in like the same area of where his ancestral homeland was. Right, so he's like that city's got to go. Excelsius, got to go. And he's just about to destroy it all, and they can't. Once again, you can't just kill the guy who just showed up. So right. uh, Marathi teams up with, um, yeah. with Lord Croak basically. With Lord Croak, yeah. And they, uh, she distracts him, and they basically pull the same trick that got pulled on Sigmar. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she basically jumps up and starts making fun of Kragnos and, you know, like, he gets mad, charges her. Meanwhile, Croak opens a portal. She dives out of the way. Kragnos jumps through the portal and winds up on the other end of the realm. Right. So, like, inside the portal, though, was like a vision of, like, the Dracothian race there. Right. So he saw them. He came incensed and charged in and. She just yeah. taunts him, though, to get him over yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, and then they create yeah. the illusion. I'm yeah. sorry, I actually forgot about that part. Um, <laughs> but and basically, they can't kill him. They can't really stop him. All they do is they teleport him to the other end of the realm, which, as we've said, they're so huge, it's enough yeah. to get basically kind of stop. Um, one of the things that happens right at the end is you get these swamp orcs right. who start to see him charging at this other encampment and yeah. they start looking at their tree of totems and stuff and it's like oh wait a minute that's the drawing that's on this totem they yeah. see him coming like hey that's the guy so this yeah. is the introduction of the cruel boys yeah they get at the very end you get them introduced and yeah. that's the end of second yeah. edition warhammer so, so, so now we're in the era of the beast which is basically this I guess it's. I suppose it's this campaign season of, yeah, you know, of the of the game. I would assume every year we'll get a new general's handbook and a new realm to fight in. It'll be interesting if they move the story that way instead of waiting for the new instead of waiting for a new edition to come out mm-hmm. because it did. Like you pointed that out to me, I didn't even notice that in the general's handbook. Yeah. Um, when you start to read about matched play, not the rules, but under matched play, it's like, oh, they're in the realm of Gur. 
uh, because yeah. this is where all this nonsense is happening. There's special mm-hmm. rules, and that's where I found it. I have a spell where I could actually turn my my heroes for a turn into monsters, so that right. I can actually benefit from the monsters rule. <laughs> but okay, so that's that's the history, right? And I'm sorry, and I know I talked way more than you did, Chris. I get so into this, oh, I just no, can't shut fine. up. Um, but next next time, folks, when we come back next episode. Um, we're going to pick it up from here, and we're going to talk about the Mortal Realms. Mm. Uh, and I know Chris is going to have a lot more to say about that because he a lot of the cities and a lot of the stuff. Um, <laughs> this next section is great, though, because it doesn't just Love cover it. the Mortal Realms, but it talks about some of the big cities in it. So yeah. now we're going to talk about the, the different Mortal Realms and what's going on, and that's going to be in the next episode in a couple of weeks. Um, and then I believe unless something gets dropped, which I don't, I haven't heard word of the the new books coming out yet. Yeah, unless they unless they draw unless they put out the Stormcast the or, and Orc the Stormcast book. and the Orc book like soon. Uh, then our next coverage will be the different races because this uh, this book has so much cool stuff in it. I mean, but it literally. I mean, and there's a lot of pictures and stuff. It's not like solid text, yeah. Yeah. but. I mean, you don't get to the rules until you get to, like, page 245. <laughs> yeah. We got up to page 60. Yeah. So there's, like, 180 pages left of the Mortal Realms and the different races, including pictures, so that'll go a little quicker. But, so, um, if if it's not the next two episodes, if we don't cover each of those in the next two episodes, we will be covering them at some point. For sure. Uh, but there's your history lesson. Wow. Good stuff. There's yeah. It, good stuff you know this is why this is why i get so annoyed this is why i hate the internet <laughs> because <laughs> you know different facebook groups and different twitter and people are like oh there's no story to there it's so oh dumb gosh. there's no story yeah you know, is it a 30-year history that the old realms had no but no. It's, but it's it's something new but it is still tacked on it's all connected it's not yeah. six years it's 36 years it's right. we had one world that became these new worlds Right, and and I, I I think that's and I like we sort of said that at the beginning. I think it's it's symbolic and you know it's literal as well about the core of the old world is here. You know what I mean? Sigmar brought it with them. He brought the core of the old world with them to the mortal realms, and that means more than just you know malice. It means. It's you know, the Stormcast it's, Eternals. It's literally yeah, the yeah. the you know if you want to call them the poster boy army for this game. Sure. The the core of this game, and I I, I like how you put that, Chris. I've never actually worded it that way. It is the mm. the, the the symbolic, the yeah. metaphorical, the the spiritual exactly. core of this game. It's the, it's the spirit of Warhammer is still here. In my, I mean, it took him a while. I think it honestly, I think it took him a while to get there. But I think that's to be, I think you can forgive that. I mean, my gosh, they went from all that, they went not, eight editions of Warhammer Fantasy Battles and all the tweaks and rule changes that went with that. And then they came up with this brand new game that was unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And I, I, I think and, I can cut them some slack. I, I, I think the people who are in charge of it now, this new crew of, games designers and studio people at games workshop they're they're the guys who came in like three four years ago and i think they're mostly responsible for making it the game it is today and i think they did such a good job yeah i'm i i love this game 
It's fantastic. So, okay, you know what? Time to wrap it up. We've gone long yep. enough. I've still, I got to get this edited and put out tonight or tomorrow morning because <laughs> I'm going to. I got a. I got a convention. Uh, and I'm leaving for in uh, 12 hours. So nice. Uh, thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons, uh, associate producers Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, and Big Jake. Uh, executive producer Colin Miller, and once again the patrons I mentioned two days ago: <laughs> Tyler McDonald and Bethany Davis. Thank you for becoming part of that one percent that make this and everything we do possible. Chris. Yeah. Um, you're gonna jump on for the rest of this. You're gonna you're yeah, sticking absolutely. with me, right? Okay. So oh, for the yeah, time for being, sure. man, you're you're the guy. You're the guy in the okay. in the in the co-pilot's chair. Looking I'm, forward to it. Excellent, fantastic, <laughs> uh, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. <laughs>